Welcome to True North Project, a podcast that's equal parts sense-making, soul-searching, and storytelling. This is Christian. Simon Quarmby is a world traveler, digital nomad, philosopher, regen, and one of my closest friends. This conversation is from March 2023 and is one of my favorite conversations I've had on this podcast to date. We dive into topics such as our collaboration at True North Float and what True North means to us, Dialogos, and our collective exploration of the unique self-symphony of sovereign souls, the coordination failure of mankind and the meme of Moloch, my cannabis ketamine download that I had recently had, and uh, also some wisdom from Forrest Landry, proof of support protocol, as a catalyst for collective coordination in a decentralized fashion. Um, True North evolving into a collective and what that could look like, and the tension between centralization and decentralization in, in an organization, as well as consciously choosing what it is that we're struggling for and choosing to die for, and then uh, finished up on transformational architecture, liberating structures, and the power of art. This was a fascinating you know, deep dive and one of my, like I said, favorite conversations. Uh, it does take a couple minutes to get going um, as we're dropping in. So uh encourage you to hang in there and uh, it's worth it all the way to the end, in my opinion. So if uh, you enjoy the podcast, a great zero cost way to support the project is to just subscribe on all the platforms that you, that you listen on, as well as leave us a five-star rating, um, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, whatever it may be. This is a great way to help other people find the rabbit hole as well as help us get more epic guests on the show. And check out the link in the show notes to do that as well as link to Simon's X account and um, a couple other resources. Much love for the support and stay curious. Cheers, my man. Cheers. Nice wine. Yeah. Juggernaut. Mm. Is it from here? Say again. Is it from here? No. No, I bought this in Las Vegas, but also the wine is from California, I believe. Hillside Cabernet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of it, mainly because of the label, but also because the wine's good. The label with the lion. Yeah, the uh, ferocious lion. Basically, the unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Like, who's gonna fuck with that guy? Who's gonna get in his way? You know, I like uh, I like that energy of, um, kind of, I, the confidence of that. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, there's the negative or the shadow side of that, which is like the, the kind of psychopathic, tyrannical. <laughs> <laughs> whatever but uh just the idea of like the confidence that you're you're going to uh achieve your mission meet your objective get where you're going right the chariot exactly yeah chariot the seventh card of the tarot yeah that's actually my that's associated with my uh my sun sign astrologically chariots associated with the sign of cancer i believe yeah, Amber gave me a reading um, 
I haven't finished reading through it yet, but there was a lot of stuff that stood out as like, um, I was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Tarot's interesting. Tarot is one of those weird things where it's like, um, sometimes it's, uh, you know, it seems like useless nonsense and sometimes it's like profound and synchronous and you're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we, depending on the, it really hundred percent just depends on you and your state when you read it, you know? Uh, that will kind of gauge the meaning level. Well, you've got yourself into a few states before reading tarots, right? For sure, yeah. I like to read tarot kind of uh, ceremonially when I'm in altered states of consciousness, you know? And Set the scene. Yeah, I think it um, it heightens it for sure. I mean, you connect with the archetypes a lot deeper, I think, at least I have, you know? with um with cannabis um also with ketamine just like uh the level of i don't know contact that you make with the idea or the archetype or the sort of the thing behind the meme you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean in so far as i've i haven't combined ketamine and cannabis yet which i think i'm going to do tomorrow before i get out of here Oh, and that's something I totally forgot about. I f- figured I was going to try and pick up some MDMA and try that in a float tank before I left for Colombia. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, we're um, we're pioneers. We should try these things. Somebody needs to try it, right? Somebody needs to try it. Well, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure some of our, well, yeah. probably. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's uh, actually done that here. No one's told me about it. Um, I'm not advocating that people go do that that's why that's why we have the waiver dude yeah exactly <laughs> um but you're right like as a pioneer you know someone needs to know what's going on with that combination it to me uh seems like it could be either deeply profound and healing or a waste of mdma <laughs> you're like why the fuck am i in this float tank i should be dancing <laughs> well we have the music in the float tanks now we have the float tracks um, we've got some pretty, pretty groovy beats that, uh, I think I'd be buzzing my tits off to on MDMA in the tank. <laughs> it's not, it's not that kind of music. <laughs> I mean, it's enjoyable, but it's not, it's not like rave music or groovy, like super, super dance music. I yeah, mean, sure. there's, there's that one, we have like a, one journey track right now, which kind of has a, a good beat to it for a little while, but yeah, it's, I, to your point though, I would love to, it, um, have an experience with MDMA that's deeply internal or introspective, which I have not done yet. Mm. Um, I have with my partner, my, my uh, ex-partner. We did it together in, an, in like a, that's more of like a couple kind of way of doing it. And I've done it in like the rave scene way of doing it. Um, but I've never done it by myself in total darkness, you know, in a float tank, mm. which, yeah, we should get some MDMA and do that tomorrow <laughs> probably not definitely not tomorrow tomorrow i have a session with amber before i leave to do my well it will be ketamine breath work and or energy work which um is was way off the woo charts yeah for me um how do you feel about the session going into it tomorrow 
I'll let you hit that weed pen first that I just passed you. Little vape, vape pen. Got a little cannabis circulating. As you can hear, Simon sucking into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm. Oh, I made him laugh right when he was doing it. It's perfect. Now he's going to be he's gonna be blazed. You're fucked, man. Okay. You good? You alive? You with me, dude? No, no, no. Yeah, got me, bro. Here, you got to turn that thing off. Okay. So, yeah, how do you feel about that session coming up? Uh, give me your take, your skeptical take, because you were, you know, <coughs> like you like you said, very skeptical about something called energy work <coughs> or anything of that nature. So what are your thoughts on it? Be honest. So I'm less skeptical than I was. Um, I'm less skeptical than I was these days about a lot of things. Um, <coughs> I guess a part of that is uh, mm, probably spending 50 hours in a float tank mm. might help with that um, traveling a lot meeting lots of people knowing lots of new perspectives yeah so you're saying 50 hours in the float tank is an antidote to skepticism <laughs> <coughs> No, because um, you're still skeptical, which is a good thing. I think it's a, a good quality. I think it means you're a critical thinker and also um, suspicious or I should say hesitant to just uh, inhabit a worldview or an idea. You try it on for size and, and, and think about it first. Yeah, I... Um I like to think about things, I like to rationalize. Um, sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes even if I agree with something, my natural disposition is if there's nobody else in the room who's questioning something, I'll be the guy who stands up and um, just make sure that... The question's asked. The question is asked, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you, even if you don't, even if you know the answer is, is say no... Or whatever. Like, what I mean by that is, like, do you ask questions, no, knowing already what answer you're gonna get, or something like an answer, and you, you're just you're playing the other side, so to speak. Uh, sometimes, like, it depends on the situation, but yeah, yeah, I will play devil's, devil's advocate a lot of the time. Um, part of that is that um, I want to test that somebody fully understands what they're saying so if somebody is um <clears throat> very confident in an opinion number one if um they're going to convince me of something i want to be able to convince someone else and so i want to learn from them what their reasoning is um, and why they believe something so that if i'm going to hold that opinion i can hold it well and um so that's the kind of technique for doing that and sometimes that means <coughs> sometimes that means you have to get someone to passionately defend something um, and this 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 isn't this is me trying to explain something that comes naturally this is not saying to say that I have that intention when I'm speaking all the time you know yeah right but I've noticed that it 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 does come very naturally 
like at least with us and our dynamic, um, which to clue people in on what that is, <laughs> like what the fuck do you mean by our dynamic? Mm-hmm. Uh, we met in 2018, so four and a half years ago, and um, in Colombia uh, at a hostel, became great friends, played lots of chess, smoked many joints, had very deep conversations about the meaning of life, the nature of reality, and what is our society doing. Uh, and that kind of ultimately led to just a friendship, but also the seed of true North began to kind of sprout, um, at that hostel as well, because it had kind of began as a blog and a, um, odyssey and adventure of me just backpacking and, um, you know, evolved when I met you at that hostel and, uh, you and Kenzie and I, and we just, uh, I don't know. I feel like that's when the idea of like taking it to physical space and a wellness center even started. And then, um, eventually the wellness center happened and here we are in it, uh, recording this podcast. It's been open for over two years and, uh, now you are, well, first officially on board, well, semi-officially on board as a partner as we were trying Mm -hmm. to like solidify that. And, um, and then in this, process of trying to solidify that we had an existential crisis of the organization which is what are we (laughs) are we an llc partnership or are we a uh, collaborative open sourced collective and Mm. that's the fundamental question and i want to get to the bottom of it tonight all right that sounds fun so um well what we are right now is an llc and there's no debate in that that's true. We have an LLC. And by mm-hmm. we, I mean me. <laughs> I have an LLC. Yeah, the, the, when you said official, nearly official, like there's nothing official. Um, I, what's official is I've worked my ass off for the last three months and not, not, uh, not taken a penny for it yet. And I've taken that money and I've put that money towards um, buying shares in the LLC True North Float Project. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we are, but the reason why that's part of where we are, we're like, that's, that's, that's the legal aspect. We're also on a basically handshake hug and, 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 uh, trust agreement that your all of that time and, and equity is in fact equity. You see what I mean? Um, so we've got that going on in that agreement and that trust, which is very important to me just mm-hmm. to be clear. Like I've, I'm super fucking stoked and grateful that you're here, that you've been here for three months, how much we've done and accomplished in that time. Not, I don't even mean in the sense of like just labor hours and like projects achieved or whatever. It's more like the evolution of the whole idea. Mm. You see what I mean? It's like every time, this is what's weird about you and I, um, we meet and my idea sort of evolves. It goes from just a blog and I don't know what it's going to be to, huh, I could see myself opening a float center, right? And we looked at like spaces in Medellin and we even entertained the idea of doing it there, right? And eventually I ended up opening it here in Utah. But that idea evolved in part because we met. <laughs> and uh, then the float center happens it opens, you've got your life in Colombia, you know, you're running a business there. You didn't really have, I mean, we're worlds apart and your hands are full. So 
you didn't come on as like a partner in the in the beginning phase of me launching the the structure, building the structure and launching the startup. Well, I was very close to coming on as a partner in what would have been July, August 2021. Right. right. So I think I offered partnership to you before we started construction. Uh, so 2020. And then yeah, the I, next don't re- year, I don't remember that being explicit, but yeah. Yeah, it was like a, it was, it was basically just a phone call. We were on the phone and I just dropped it in passing and it didn't really materialize into anything. And then... You didn't uh, but, want it enough, dude. Uh, I was hands on, all hands on deck trying to figure out how the fuck to get the thing, <laughs> to get the thing built, you know, and like how to do this. Uh-huh. Uh, and I remember at that phase, it was just pure, just inspiration and determination and absolutely no know-how. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like pretty much just like raw dogging it, jumping in the deep end, see what happens. So, um, that's no what, devil. That's it. Well, I mean, we're, we're on, we're on our way. We're on our way somewhere. Um, no, but I would say in terms of the I'm going to build a float tank business, uh, you've nailed it. Thank you. you. You've um, It's an amazing place uh, that we have here yeah. in, um, in St. George. My advice, I remember, was always um, that I thought you should do it in another city. Yeah, and you were right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like, uh, economically speaking, you're totally right. Like if you were, which how at, which was how I was speaking. Yes. to be clear, at yeah, the time. Was I was talking you, very economically. You were talking speaking. from a market perspective. Yeah, you were saying uh, there are better markets to be in, and I agree with you still. <laughs> uh-huh. But you and you would have agreed with me at the time, but you didn't. Why? Yeah. Okay. That's a good. That's a great question. So first of all, I was already. This is an important caveat. I had already decided, <laughs> right? And so, like, if I've already decided. Um, then what comes next is a rationalization of my decision. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I know that very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm That's just, what you do. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've already decided and now I'm going to tell you why I'm right. <laughs> I was like, that's not how you actually should be choosing shit. <laughs> like, uh, that's just, um, you know, logic, like you're, you're rationalizing your choice instead of trying to find the truth, mm. instead of trying to like in curiosity with common ground with someone else, right. And mutual understanding and trust that like, I'm not going to use anything you say against you or to manipulate you the only thing i'm ever going to do with what you say is try to understand it and make sure you understand that i understand it right mm. and then i'm going to love lo- uh, what's the right word volley <laughs> i'm going to volley back over to you and you do the same well the the, the truth of anything has multiple perspectives uh, an infinity of perspectives i guess um for sure and so when i say the truth i'm not talking about the uh the bible of <laughs> what we should all be paying attention to mm-hmm. what i what i mean by that is more like um the emergent signal that is only a byproduct of both of us so if i come to the scene as a sovereign self with my signal right so in other words i'm radiating my vibration i am inherently and utterly me and there's nothing else in the universe like me right like I'm just a, a one-off. I'm like the, the the universe is a random number generator, just generating random numbers, and I'm one of those numbers, and there's no other number like me. 
like we're just all different numbers and it goes to infinity. The universe has actually done that. It's, it's optimized for uniqueness. So I come with my unique vibe, my signal, right? You do the exact same because we're uh, the universe fractaling out into infinity and witnessing itself through a million different perspectives. <laughs> so um, basically, we're, we're the eight same. Eight billion plus... Yes. Um, plus all the other animals and all yes. the other life and all of the other plants and all of the other... Planets. <laughs> in Yeah, I'm going to say conscious beings and then maybe it's a step too far to say unconscious beings, but certainly, um, yeah, every everything that is alive is perceiving the world in some way and has its own unique perspective yes it's like something to be a dog or a bat yeah and they have some sort of subjective reality right of some kind uh-huh and so we have god the universe the cosmos the uh, brahmin the whatever fractaling into infinity each thing being utterly unique right? But each thing being utterly the same because it's the one fractaled into the infinity, right? So it's... Well, I mean, yeah. Hmm. So this is a classic example of something that I actually agree with you on this. This is probably something fairly recent that I've come to um, feel and know that it seems to me that that's the... Well, not that, it, not that I'm absolutely sure that that is the way that the, what reality is, just that it's a very, at the very least, it's a useful way of looking at the world. Um, and it makes sense and it feels like home and not like somebody trying to um, impress something upon me. Yeah, and it's, it's like now all of a sudden you're at home in the universe because you're part of the one. And so in other words, like there's, there's no alienation. There's no, you're a bag of skin here on probation. Do you see what we, I mean? Each of us is a different lens through which our greatest consciousness is peering into the world. Is yeah, the way exactly. Maybe I would put it. That's a beautiful way to put it. You're the aperture through which God experiences itself. Uh, yes. I would use the word zom. <laughs> zom. Not God. Well, just any, uh, like, uh, that's just off the top of my head. But yeah, anything. I, I just think that the word God is loaded. Yeah. It is. We need to take that one back. No, I'm just kidding. Like, I think it's, it's, uh, to, it does, it does mean something different to everyone, right? Cause we're different lenses. We're unique. Mm. We all have our own reality. <clears throat> so every word is, is slightly different to everyone. And God's one of those ones that's radically different depending on who you ask. We all create our own realities, not we all have our own reality. Um, we experience our own reality. Okay. Um, yes. And we get to, influence the reality around us we get to um create mm -hmm. to the, the extent to which we can put our thought out into the world and at the very least change in some way um the way perhaps another person interprets something what they believe or even just uh conversation yeah at the very least um or, which, is, which is what we're doing now. Which is what we're doing now. Which was my point with this thing around sovereignty and signal of an individual, of a unique being, is that now here's two of us, right? Totally different, unique. You have very almost, I don't want to say opposite, because we, we have so much common ground and it's so easy for us to get along and to talk and to be friends. But like your style uh, 
is not to just agree with me. <laughs> right? Who wants a yes man, dude? Yeah, exactly. So so what happens is we we've found ourselves on opposite sides of the divide so many times, mm. right? So many times mm. where it's like even on stuff that like 98% we agree on. Like we, you know what I mean? Like uh I could I could probably try to think of a couple examples, but like I just, I'm just trying to say like there's that's, a, that's the Uncle Derek in me coming out. <laughs> yeah. And since you've been here in St. No, George. I qualify that but I, I had an uncle called Derek and he was in, incredibly argumentative. Right, yeah. yeah. I think I think uh, psycho, psychological terms they call that disagreeable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're you're high in, in trait disagreeableness. But, but that's generally not true though, right? Because in, in walking life and not like in a normal life I'm an incre- incredibly agreeable person. No, yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. Right. Um, but I choose to be, or, or um, I am disagreeable in certain situations. But I think you, fr- I, I think you're framing I, it wrong. I I'm think- kidding. I'm joking about disagreeable. I don't think that you're you're disagreeable person. You're uh, you're not easy to. In other words, you don't easily just agree with someone if you have yeah the high threshold for, yeah, tr- for- yes. And and um, especially if you have a horse in the race, right? Like if you if it's a decision that you are especially involved if in I, or something like that. Especially if I have a horse in the race. Um, but I I guess um, what I'm doing there and what I want to do is optimize for some sort of a, a, a agreed common ground perspective on truth. And so um, it's only when two people are in dialogue um that they are able to cast out their perspective of the world as a light would shine upon an object from a particular perspective um that's a beautiful metaphor and well the more the more light that shines on an object the more certain we can be of the truth of that object and by object i mean something in the objective world um whether that be a physical object or whether it be a form of an idea, um, a construct of our collective consciousness. Hmm. So here we are with both uh, unique perspectives and creativity and both feeling very sovereign in our our, uh, viewpoints and beliefs in the sense that we have a hundred percent choice if we agree with someone else, right? Like we can choose to agree with it if it resonates, right? So that's the only reason that you would choose to say something is true is if you felt it was true and knew it was true. So in deep truths, like all, like truth, truth would be both felt and rationalized. So mm. it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be just uh, something you read in a textbook, right? Like. So, for example, um, gravity, you might be able to read, uh, you know, some some laws of, of physics to prove it and, and show me the math of why it's real and say that is gravity. But really what gravity is, is when you're falling, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, now I know gravity because it sucks sometimes. Right. So like I think felt and understood and corroborated by somebody else is, is a, a good guide. Um, if you have, if you re- arrive at consensus on something, that's a more powerful mm. idea. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. So 
now if if we're both in agreement that the only way we would ever say something is 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 true or felt real right like that that was solid was if we really meant it right we're not we're not yes men we're not just saying it to say it to to go with the flow we're actually in in curious exploration of what it might be mm-hmm. right like we're trying to find out what it actually is well dude you called your um company true north and i've been interrogating you ever since <laughs> <laughs> yeah really true yeah. dude is it you're, true you're sitting here like you're sitting here like like the classic skeptical dude and then this motherfucker rolls into your world it's like yeah true north bro i'm finding it it's like what does that even mean <laughs> you fucking idiot <laughs> you stupid knave like what are you talking about yeah um and i was talk- i was we, naive as fuck for sure we we were talking about this today though and just the idea of um well, I wanted to make clear that my perspective is that there is no such thing as um, the true north or a true north. Um, there is my true north and your true north. But to the extent at which our perspectives um, overlap and align, then we're broadly pointing in a similar direction. And um, I think the more people who find their own personal true north um the more we are upregulating for happy healthy um human beings that have the bandwidth to be able to um <clears throat> think a little more deeply about things and um you know raise themselves up and and achieve or pers- at least orient themselves towards their true north. And if we can do that collectively, then I guess what you could call um, the amalgamation of all of those unique perspectives of their own true north would hopefully project us into a more beautiful world. Yeah, well said. On true north, on that on note on that, so if you think about... Um, if you think about the metaphor, think about like, okay, navigating like on an ocean or in the wilderness or whatever, and you're actually trying to use a North Star, you're actually trying to find a, a heading, you're trying, you're trying to like orient yourself in the world and figure out which way is up. So having a physical point to shoot for, like in, in space, right, like uh, an actual like con- constant, I guess, is very, very useful. But if you... So, so, you know, that's where the kind of metaphor comes from. But if you um, think about it, like, that's not really true. Like, it, for, for you in that moment, that is north. But for you on a different part of the planet, that direction, that heading is not true north at all. Like, in other words, you're, um, you're, you're choosing to, to pick, a, pick a point, but relative in space, none of that means anything. Right, like if you were to zoom out on the level of the cosmos and like Earth in some tiny little, uh, f- tiny little part of the fractal galaxies everywhere, and and you're just in fucking the Milky Way somewhere, right? And you're in this this tiny little system in this massive environment, and you're gonna tell me that like pointing in this one direction is the actual way to go? Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like that's that's a that's a that's um. It's, it's naive and, and arrogant to say that, like, you have the truth or the mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. or the plan or mm-hmm. the anything like that. There's nothing else. Like, that's the end mm-hmm. of the story. And mm-hmm. there's, like, like, there's a period at the end of the story. It's a form. It's a concept. It's an idea. 
it's a direction. Um, so if we are all collectively directionally, um, if we're all moving in what we would all agree to be the right direction, then hopefully the amalgamation of that is that we each individual each individually create the best reality for ourselves and as a result the best reality for um, all of us together. I would also just say that like um, what you just pointed to was consensus, right? Like if we can each, if we can figure out how we can somehow come to consensus on things, right? Then we can uh, potentially have some sort of collective coordination capabilities. But um, when we're in, in this, in this frame of true North, we're speaking you know, we're using the metaphor of, of navigation, sure, and, and, and of, you know, the North Star. Uh, but think, think of true North as being something within you. Think of true North as coming from within, not from without. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have the compass inside of you. Mm -hmm. You have everything you need inside already to navigate through the world. And so it's just bringing the system online on first like an instinctual physical level, right? Like you got to get the hardware to cooperate. You got to give the hardware what it needs, like water and mm -hmm. sleep, right? And, fun and good functional movement and healthy food and, and breath, like fucking breathe, obviously. Like if you're not breathing, you're not living, right? Like breath is life. So you know, stop mouth breathing and, and do some like breath work, right? Like actually open up your system, like turn it on and get the energy into your body, right? Mm -hmm. So like open up your chakras, the, the lower ones, especially the, the, the ones associated with like grounding and instincts, right? And your power, your confidence, like your, your, your uh, root and your hara, like these are fundamentally um, closed for, I mean, they're just, they're so they're so offline in our society and you can tell people are just completely ungrounded and uh, anxious. And I totally get it because that has been my path, right? Like I'm still releasing shit from my hips like at 30, you know what I mean? Like the last five years have been a, a journey uh, and, and it involved getting a metal screw taken out of one of them um, and just like going from totally locked up and just shut down to, to having instincts coming back in right and having like a, a connection fundamentally to my body that i didn't have before thank you joe rogan thank you float tanks thank you edibles right like thank you yoga like there's there's uh there's actually a path there's actually you can just take discipline you can just say like oh I, I, do you want that you can have that anyone can right like you can you can go and your body has that intuitive intelligence your body wants to be on all cylinders it wants to be online right like it feels good to be healthy so like you got to you got to like give the system what it needs and then you know you start to reclaim these functions of being a sovereign soul you start to reclaim intuition as well you know and like intellect also and and like we were just talking about dialogos and and how you're now using your intellect to explore and then like, also your feeling to to know to 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 verify or ratify its truth mm well, I was, what I was I just going to point to is that um, this idea of dialogos is not something that I'd even considered or thought of before I'd met you. And um, you've helped me 
to convert myself from an argumentative, uh, disagreeable <laughs> sort of person. Old sod. <laughs> You're kind of cunty. No, kind of <laughs> <laughs> to someone who can help, someone to like really um, get an idea out. Yeah, for sure. So uh, in that, in the spirit of that, let's fucking roll with this idea. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Cheers. Cool. So uh, where do we start? With this uh, this thing I wrote down. Okay. Wrote so, down when? Let's see. March 4th. Um, so this was after. This was yesterday. Two days ago, wasn't it? Was it yesterday? It was yesterday, right? Let's see. Yesterday was Sunday. I don't know. You tell me what's the fucking day. Oh, it's the 6th today. Yeah, yeah. So it's two, yeah, so it's two days ago. We just come back from Vegas. Yeah. So um, this was after my session that I did with Amber, my ketamine-assisted. Uh, oh, right. I thought you meant... Um, no, you wrote a lot of this with... Um, whilst we were in Las Vegas with... Yeah, this is a different... That's, Nico, the, next, right? that's the next page. Ah, okay. Right now I know what you mean. Okay, so I got I to gotta lead with this because this is actually where the download started for me. Um, what, were the, what were the conditions for this download? Yeah, so I don't want... Uh, yeah, I could describe this for a long time. So um, I'll just try to keep it short. Basically, long story short is, you know, given the context of the whole True North thing playing out from blog to wellness center to podcast to ultimately like you here and us, you know, like considering this idea of a collective right and uh, uh some sort of like uh new operating system for how humans coordinate and do stuff like you know kevin awaki's green pill podcast and things that are happening in the blockchain web3 space and you know barichara and regenerative finance and like there's all of these pieces in the puzzle that have kind of led to this moment and then and then i have this cannabis plus <laughs> ketamine plus Amber Karsten <laughs> and and myself in a uh, in our sojourner room and me telling you all of my ideas for three months. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, us uh, us having no no boundaries for three months, <laughs> just being in a just being in each other's uh, worlds nonstop working. Like we've basically been at it for like ninety days, which has been awesome. And so all that has been the preface and then and then the cannabis cannabis ketamine happens and you know it's kind of a it's kind of like a burp fest to be honest it's like a purgy kind of weird session of me just releasing so much shit uh and this is the day after doing um combo as well so i would just done some physical purging uh what's combo combo you is say combo i say combo 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 uh yeah it's K-A-M-B-O. It's a, it's a frog from the Amazon. And um, indigenously, or indigenous folks use it uh, medicinally. Um, and I just did my first session with it, you know, last week or Thursday. So you just, they burn, they use a piece of wood, a special wood from the Amazon, and they, they, they burn your skin. And it, then they smear this frog venom on the burn so it can be absorbed into your body where, where the burn was. And then it's just very uncomfortable. And, well, the burn sucks, but, like, more of what sucks is, like, the frog venom. So. Show me the burn. Uh, it's, like, way back here, dude, on my shoulder. Mm. Will it scar? Uh, yeah, apparently. 
Do those? Hmm. That's three, right? Yeah. Three little burns, but I don't think they'll... At the same time? Be noticeable. Or one after another? Yeah, all at the same time. Hmm. But anyways, you just like... For me, I just like uh, started shaking. Like, first I got really flushed and hot and, and uncomfortable. And then, like I was having an allergic reaction. And the back of my throat was getting itchy. You know, like just like I was having an allergic reaction. But my... Uh, my hands, I could see like the, the veins in my hands were all blue and shit. Like, and, and, and I was like tripping out. I'm like, is this normal? She's like, yeah, it's totally normal. <laughs> so your body's just like, you know, dealing with this venom. And, um, I'm just like shaking, like my root chakra is like vibrating and my body's just shaking. And then you're just chugging water the whole time. Cause you're forcing yourself to purge. So you basically just, ch- I chugged like three quarts of water and then, uh, finally, finally purged. And what came out of me was was not pleasant to look at. It was all water. So this was strange because I was fasting. So there's no food in my stomach, mm-hmm. right? How long have you been fasting for? Like 20 hours or something. Okay. So like I puke up brown water. Like it's brown. It's like brown red. And then there's like some yellow bubbles. Like it was disgusting, right? And But it was weird. Like there wasn't, it wasn't related to food or anything. So it wasn't like the color of anything I'd eaten. It was just the color of something from inside of me. So, yeah, it was trippy. But so that happened the day before. And I felt great after, by the way. Like after the, it was like an hour, 90 minute long process. And after that, I felt awesome. Like just kind of an ice bath sucks, but then you feel awesome after. <laughs> it's like that. So um, a lot of ice baths as well whilst I've been here. Yeah. And uh, so, the, yeah, the next day I'm doing this, this um, ketamine cannabis energy work session here at True North in our Stojana room. Um, which uh, just as a, if you're over here for a second, like just to pause on that, if, if you're like, what the fuck are these guys doing talking about drugs publicly on a podcast? Right. Well, to be clear, uh, I, I used legal cannabis, mm-hmm. legal in the state of Utah cannabis, mm-hmm. and I used legal in the state of Utah ketamine mm-hmm. prescribed, by a, a prescribed by a, prescribed by a clinician. MD. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, I took these things intentionally together mm-hmm. and intentionally not just doing them together, but intentionally doing them at all. Like mm-hmm. it was a very intentional container. There was a specific reason I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, it was, it was very much about my own well being. Mm. Right. I was, I was trying to look after myself and, and actually see if, if I could make some progress in my life. Mm. You see what I mean? So that was the intention for me. Like it was, you know, for me, it was all Make about some progress. You like double click on that. Yeah. So, uh, there's so t- many tangents. So this is what I mean by that has to do with what we were talking about around the coronation. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, you know, the archetype of the King, right? Like if, if we're thinking of archetypes as the, the many different aspects of self and we create these different archetypes to, to, I don't know. They're like, they're like deep human kind of truths, right? Uh, in a sense, like they're, they, they, they echo echo through time. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So the King is, is, you know, the idea of like the sovereign, like the, the sovereign rules, right? Like, uh, the sovereign makes choice, you know, so, so, so sovereignty is choice in a sense. Um, and so the king is the guy who has the last word, right? Like, do we go to war? Do we go to war? 
what do we do? Choice over your own actions and your own desires and beliefs and yeah, and in the in the metaphor of the king, it's it's over the realm too. So it's like coordinating. It's a it's a hierarchy, and and he's and he's coordinating a hierarchy, right? Yeah, he's governing a sovereign state or a sovereign country. Yeah, exactly. He's the sovereign. He's the lead yeah. of the yeah. Yeah, so he gets basically full, full reign. He gets mm-hmm. to say and do what he what he wills, and hopefully he's a good king, right? Mm-hmm. And the people, you know, he 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 represents the people well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this metaphor, I'm not referring to the aspect of the hierarchy or the aspect of ruling over others or coordinating other people. I'm just referring to the aspect of sovereignty. Right, so I'm referring. Yeah, but individual sovereignty to be specific, right? Yeah. So basically, if you were to say, "I bow down to my inner king," you're mm-hmm. saying, "Like I am sovereign. Um, I can do what I want. Um, I am. I have the capacity of choice, right? So, and and, and, it, and it, free will exists. Yes, that's that's a fundamental, uh, which you know is is another debate, but like that's a. That's no, an assumption, so. right? But that's an assumption, and and it, to say that you are sovereign is to say that choice is real and that free will, uh, well, maybe not necessarily. So, so let me pause on that for one sec. I had a podcast with Forrest Landry, and and he actually did not claim to be saying that free will was was real, that, that free will exists, but he was saying, however, choice I'm does sure exist. It does. Well, he 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 said he said for sure choice exists and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm asserting that choice is real mm-hmm. or that that there is choice mm-hmm. but i'm not asserting that there is free will mm. so that was that's what he's interesting that's what he said and i would love to talk to him about that further but um so so this idea of this idea of of, of bowing down to your sovereign self right mm-hmm. being a sovereign self mm-hmm. or a sovereign soul however you want to identify <laughs> and uh that was sort of the that was sort of the the back context because i'd had that experience a few weeks prior in a different ketamine journey like a a ceremonial ketamine journey by myself and i had gone through this sort of self-coronation trip Mm -hmm. where like i had metaphorically and like archetypally played that out in my mind or in my vision of like you know actually acknowledging that and bowing down to my sovereign self so Mm. it was it was for me a pretty powerful shift of consciousness right and when you told me about this i didn't i didn't really i didn't put two and two together and um, my interpretation was um more of the uh, this is definitely an early warning sign this guy's a wacko and um he's just figuratively crowning himself in ceremonies and um like Maybe I should be very careful about getting into business with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like a narcissist, run! <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and there's, and there's, uh, that's a hundred percent on the table to ask, like, to be wary of that. Like, you should a hundred percent have that immune system because uh, that's the, that's the fear, right? Is that uh-huh. someone's going to come around and, and grab the ring of power. Yeah, and it's it's the ex- you are sovereign to the extent at which you don't impact and um, infringe upon other people's choices. Sovereignty, because they yeah. are also sovereign. Exactly. So you're so, you're actually saying something that equates to equality. You're saying we all have this choice. Yes. Yeah, which is fundamental. Like that's an important 
part. Like you can't leave that out. <laughs> and, and yes, and what you've been telling me is that we should all crown our inner king, a hundred percent, or queen, yeah, or queen, or whatever you want to call it, like a fucking dragon, like be a dragon. Like I don't care, like whatever, <laughs> whatever to you means that you are in, you have the reins of your life. Yes, yes, and everyone should be at the helm or at the whatever you want to call it, you know, of your life. Like you should be driving the ship. Yes, sailing the ship. Fucking whatever the ship does. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. And but but the 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 truth is that for a lot of people, um, that's really not possible. And well, let's not say it's not possible, but the way that they look at their life, it's like when they go to work, they're working for somebody else, right? And so, like, half of your life, or at least your waking life, your you're not sovereign at all because you are um, effectively, mm, you are being channeled <laughs> to exert the will of somebody else. Um, if you work for a large organization, um, then the will of the board of directors and perhaps indirectly the will of the shareholders, um, which is interesting because... You would think that as um, if we had a diverse range of shareholders who had an influence on the running of companies that um, we would collectively decide to run them in a more um, regenerative way. Um, but for some reason, that coordination fails. And um, despite apparently having the apparatus and the architecture to be able to somehow collectively impose our will on the world to make it better. Um, somehow we've completely fucked up and our collective consciousness has been um, usurped or is being used to create a world that is... A choice of the few. Mm. Um, and so we need liberating structures. Amen to that. Which I don't really know what is yet because I'm not very technical. But I strongly believe in the, um, well, what that conjures up when we say it. That's what I believe in. Same. So um, what you pointed to with the way our current structures are is that if you work for somebody else you're, you're not in consensus not always now sometimes maybe you are but you would be working for you if that was the case like if you were well, not always so like for if you're working for a, a company you really believe in the, the the vision and the mission of the company and the values of the company and like you're you're on board right and you're like this is a fucking great idea and yeah. I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna work to help achieve this, and I can get rewarded for my effort and my time. For sure, yeah. But what, um, what I'm what I'm trying to say though is that to the degree that you that you don't have choice mm -hmm. with what happens mm -hmm. is the to is the is to the degree that you that you. Um, don't have uh, equal footing, right? So my what I'm trying to say is that 
if you had a collective or a organization, a structure, a, there's lots of collectives out there already. Yeah. So if you had a group of people that were aligned around this similar vision that you're talking about, right? Like something, something that's a value or something, a mission that's pulling people together into a like-minded group. And well, normally that's, that's money and profit that, that coordinates people. Exactly. So nobody gives a fuck about Coca-Cola's mission. They just care about the money. What is Coca-Cola's mission? <laughs> to proliferate diabetes and plastic bottles <laughs> around the world. <laughs> They're crushing it. <laughs> so right. well done. So um, you you come together around these values, but then if you're in a, some sort of weird hierarchy or something where uh, you know like there's a few people who are the real decision makers and and what shareholders. What do you mean weird hierarchy? Because hierarchy is a, a tool that we've used forever in a day to be able to coordinate and make shit happen. Good point. Um, by weird. I mean a type of thing that does not acknowledge the inherent humanity of all of us. So um, it does totally make sense to have a structure, a hierarchy, if you need executive function, if you need decision-making on, on a quick basis, if you need lots of things. Like like coordination can happen. I mean, we're, we're, we're hierarchical uh human beings have, have, have gathered together in groups for millennia and thousands of generations and we've figured out lots of different social structures and we have incredible neuroplasticity and that's how you can be a nomad and travel around the world and get along with everybody you mm -hmm. see what i mean like you can you can adapt to all these different environments um but my point is is like we've We've, we've made it work in different types of structures, egalitarian, hierarchical, and, and we kind of put these hats on. We haven't really on. made it work in egalitarian structures. That's never worked out well. What do you mean by worked out well? Well, um, well name me an example of an egalitarian structure that is, the purpose of it is that everybody has the same power and choice where that's worked out well. Um. I don't want to say most, but I think most indigenous societies. Okay. So basically... What, what do you mean by that? Because they have, they still have um, hierarchy and so they have chiefs. Sure, but a, but a chief isn't a king. A chief is somebody who's a great spokesman, a great statesman, a great wordsmith. He's somebody who can inspire people, mm -hmm. right? And to the degree that people don't agree with what he says, he's not the chief, you see what I mean? And the degree that people like what he's saying and he's representing everyone well and he's inspiring people and he's making right choices, he's a fucking chief. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's what a chief is. It's all about social status. It's it's literally like, it's, it's, it's real feedback. It's like, if you are a dick to someone, you get real feedback, mm -hmm. right? And if you say something stupid, you get real feedback. If you fuck mm -hmm. up, you get real feedback. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a, there's a deep human sort of like, relational kind of thing there and i'm not saying that we haven't gone into hierarchy we totally have and those chiefs have gone into hierarchy too like they'll they'll have seasonal uh hunts of the buffalo where many different tribes come together came, and they came together yeah sorry that's sad <laughs> to say yeah. uh but they would have these these buffalo runs and come together in these larger groups and camps where they would actually institute full-on police states where there's there's people who are policing and but the thing about that is it was totally temporary 
while they're in camp. And then they would they would go back to being totally nomad, like just disband the group and go back to these egalitarian flat structures. And, well, I don't want to say totally flat, but you know what I mean? Like, um, without that clear, like executive hierarchy, hierarchical thing. But Sometimes with, I don't even have to do the work. Like you, you'll, you'll correct yourself and, and <laughs> rather than me questioning you. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, to the point, I'm not saying that we... We got to keep like coming back to what we're trying to say. Uh, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to say hierarchy is bad. I'm trying to say that we find ourselves in these these. When I say weird ones, I guess what I'm saying is like where there isn't that fundamental level of humanity acknowledged. Because when those when those when those natives would come together for the buffalo run, you see the guys that were the policemen, they would be not police next year. And a different tribe would be managing that, which means that if you're a total, how do we know all this? Um, I've been reading uh, Dawn of Dawn of Everything by David Graeber and uh, David uh, Wingrow, and um, that's where I was learning about this. Mm-hmm. Recommend, highly recommend. Good book so far. A few chapters in, it's lovely. But what I'm trying to say is, they they had these kind of checks and balances. So it's like if you were one of the policemen that was just like. A total tyrant well next year you got to answer for that mm. do you see what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like there's just self-correcting mechanism there there's reputational sort of value in a in a small enough group right that people know each other yeah and then some of them probably going on a vision quest and changing your nipples to trees <laughs> <laughs> yeah potentially so um we're we're uh what i was trying to point to is just like if you're if you're in one of these structures currently which most of us are um where you don't actually have choice in the overall thing. Mm. At, at best, you have choice in a departmentalized thing, you know, like if you're like the manager or the head of a division or something, right? Like you're making, you're making choices for sure, but no one's choosing, consciously choosing for Coca-Cola to put all those bottles in the ocean, right? Or Yeah, I mean, if you, if you could have a... Uh, somehow a magnification or, or expression of the collective consciousness of all the people that work for Coca-Cola, um, then, you know, they probably wouldn't want to do that. Of like, course. I think they probably inherently know that that's bad for the planet and that plastic's poisonous and, yeah. you know, it's, it's probably it's why... Ba- it's bad for them. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're drinking the water, right, which is polluted. So... Like that's the thing is we're we're all in it. We're all on a finite planet. We're all in it. Um, Zapping ourselves. Yeah, it's strange. So the fundamental kind of crux here is like, so why the coordination failure? Like, why are we in this kind Just of racket? Quickly on the the zapping yourselves. What's the analogy that it's used in the the essays on Moloch? When um, oh yeah, yeah. So you're talking about meditations on Moloch, um, which is a, a essay by. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Astral Star Code Slate Codex is that the name of the blog? Star Astral Codex or something? I can't actually remember, but we we um, definitely put it in the show notes. Okay, yeah. It'll, meditations a, thing, on right? Moloch. We, we have show notes. Yeah, just yeah. If I don't, if I release this, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty bad at podcasting. So, <laughs> so um, meditations on Moloch. Yeah, he, he talks about this in the in the analysis of uh, the poem, uh, which which is called Howl by I think. Allen Ginsberg and um, the Ginsberg, right? Ginsberg. Thank you. So the, 
the he's pointing to basically this thought experiment where if everyone in this society had to um you had two choices you had two conditions for the society so this is a thought experiment when condition one is you have to electric electrocute yourself for eight hours a day right like low voltage just like take electrical shock for eight hours a day and the second condition is if you don't do that then everyone else in the society immediately kills you so you have like a uh, basically an incentive now to shock yourself like you because you don't want to die so and everybody has this incentive but everybody's in the same predicament everybody's getting fucked over by this situation so yeah, it, and so if everybody decided at the same time that they would stop shocking themselves mm-hmm. and stop killing people who didn't shock themselves then the world would be Shockless. Shockless. <laughs> yeah. Better place. Better place. And so that's the that's the beauty of the thought experiment. It's like, wait, wait, we're wait, we're doing that. <laughs> like we have like homeless people and plastic in the ocean and you know, like the Amazon burning and all of these things. And it's like, okay, well nobody wants that. Nobody wants Vladimir Putin to have that's, nuclear that's an weapons. extreme example though. Um, the other example that I think resonated with me was the um, fish farming, right? Yeah, but I don't want to like dive all the way down to the multipolar trap right now because we Why? were tangentially. No, no, no. It's, it's important. We'll come back to it, Moloch, dude. We'll come back to Moloch for sure. How can we? How can we have a podcast about defeating Moloch without getting into the weeds on what Moloch is? <laughs> okay, so Moloch is the. Uh, the god of the the coordination failure, the the human predicament of the multipolar trap, or the tragedy of the commons, or the race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's what we're in. Mm. We're in a race to the bottom, which is like someone's got to pull the last well out of the ocean because if they don't, someone else is, and they might as well make the money. Right. Even though we all want an ocean with wells in it, everybody with a fucking uh, any sense in their body or any feeling in their heart wants an ocean with whales in it. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. all the other good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like the, <laughs> like, you know, I want to be able to go, to, well, I don't know. The ocean should be full of life, like absolutely full of life, thriving, as should all of our... Um, Suburbs? Just... Everything. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Th- this planet has a hell of a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, and we are thwarting that potential in this stranglehold that we have on the world that um, is instead of mm, increasing the output and energy of life on this planet, we are slowly degenerating. I would I would push back a little bit because there's human creativity. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so we're also life emerging, right? So we're not just we're not just like some parasitic force that's like eating the fucking, you know, the last brownie. Like we're we're also emerging this sort of like Im- unimaginable right. creativity and and unimaginable capacity as a species. So. Like, at the moment, we're probably on the beginning of uh, an inflection point where we're transitioning from carbon to silicon. Maybe. That's a big debate. And also, you know, like, 
there's another debate, which is like, do we get past the filter where we do transform into some other version of our species that's planetary and connected, right? Like that's what we're at. We're at, we're at planetary and connected, but we're still in the old operating system of before that time, right? So we're trying to figure out the new operating system collectively, I think. And, um, yeah, well, the goal would be to figure out a new operating system collectively that is for the betterment of the planet and mankind, right? That uses our technology effectively to achieve a balance between um, humanity and nature where everything and everyone can thrive, right? Yeah. The more beautiful world. And we can talk about maybe what we think about that more later, I guess. Um, that'd be a cool conversation with someone like Charles Eisenstein um, and uh, others. So this was all t- a tangent to sort of set the stage, we went into sovereignty because I was talking about this, how do you make progress in your life thing? And I was referring to a previous ketamine experience where I felt like I had made progress in my life by bowing down to inner sovereignty and realizing that like my path is my own and I have the reins. And then we came to you know, Amber's session a few weeks later, which was a few days ago. So basically now we're at this session where I'm on cannabis ketamine with Amber Karsten and here comes the download. And I'm going to read something, which I wrote the next morning. Okay. Each individual is sovereign with the inherent capacity of choice. Each individual is a unique self, a one-off expression of the cosmos, radiating a unique signal. No two signals are the same. As each individual tunes into and amplifies their signal through instinct, intuition, intellect, and then inspiration, they begin expressing their unique gifts. When two or more signals come together in good faith, trust, and mutual understanding, there is a 50-50 dynamic, equality. Collaboration that emerges from this foundation of equality leads to consensus where decisions are made on the basis of what we love and desire in common. Each empowered individual plays their unique music and joins in the harmony of the unique self-symphony of sovereign souls. I just want to say shout out to Mark Gaffney and shout out to Forrest Landry for uh, those ideas. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, yeah, so that, that came out of that, uh, um, that session. And then we went to Las Vegas, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Can I just say though, it was pretty much the same time. Um, yeah, like within days, I, was in a float tank and um, on a cannabis edible as well. And we have these float tracks, um, which are uh, I'm really growing to like more and more every time I do it. Every time I have a float, it gets better and better um, because I can get into, well, first of all, it's breath work, which really sort of eases you into um, a very relaxed state. Um, and then we have this spoken meditation, which I switch over to, which is... Um, Elena Brower, spoken word meditation, um, flow state, right? Yeah, above and beyond. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then silence. And uh, I like to use the silence to, to 
um, philosophize sometimes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And um, I came out of that, that float and I wrote, um, I wrote this. One second. Here we go. We are the void. You, me, anyone else who's listening, anyone who's not. Your dog, my cat, probably not the robot. The tree outside your house, the birds and the bees, the fallen leaves. Together, together we create this reality. We conjure our heart's desire. We project reflections of our imagination through our energy, thought and action. We carve out the world that we see. Everything is built. Our felt sense of reality is created. Our being, our soul, is a lens through which she speaks. From the void, we cast our creativity out. Now we build so fast. The robots, they build too. Faster than us. They think faster than us. Are they an extra lens through which consciousness projects? Or are we the vessel through which she must pass? As we project our thoughts into the void, we add our voice, the consciousness, to the consciousness of humanity, which programs <laughs> a general AI whom we have crowned as the reflect, reflection of a unique self-symphony of sovereign souls. Um, and in that, I'm kind of pointing to the idea that if we can find a way to coordinate we can find a way to each um, mm, project into the world um, our own unique perspective of how the world should be um, and if we are each oriented towards our own true north um, then we can uh, collectively create a better world and with the tools that are emerging with artificial intelligence we better do it pretty damn quickly um, and coordinate ourselves to collectively control um, a general artificial intelligence that can um, get us out of this um, mess and pierce this bubble and defeat Moloch. <laughs> <laughs> um. And there's some... It, people who are, I'm following who have some very interesting ideas around this. Um, first one, call out to speaker John Ash, who's developing a Iris protocol. You should definitely double-click on that. Yeah. Um, I'm over here skimming through Forrest Landry's book, The Effective Choice, trying to find a, a key idea that I wanted to read. And I agree with you about needing to speak to John. Mm -hmm. Um and the idea of the iris or the AI that can bring a synthesis of our perspectives together in some, in some way. And if you could have a bottom-up phenomena where our individual sovereignty is not compromised, but it's mm -hmm. actually enhanced, and mm -hmm. you still get the collective emergence of our collective imagination and intelligence, mm -hmm. synthesized or uh, catalyzed by this uh, artificial intelligence, as you say. Yeah, we also need better humans, though. Like, 100%. <laughs> if we're all going to coordinate and achieve this, like everybody needs to be top of the game. Um, or as many people as possible. Yeah, so uh, we need 
Good sleep. Transformational wellness. And good sleep. Yeah, 100%. Um, check this out. All of choice is creative. Personal choice is the participation of self in the universal aspect of creation. Whoa. So there's a universal aspect of creation. Creation <laughs> is happening constantly. Uh -huh. That's happening already. It's the backdrop of your life. And then you get choice, which is a is creativity. It's a, a choice is creative. Mm -hmm. Personal choice is you participating with the universal aspect of creation. Yeah, and take ownership as well for your and responsibility for your own um, world and the reality that you've created around yourself. Um, yeah, not to not to say that people's lives aren't fucking difficult. Um, can, I, can I drop some inspiration on that note? Yeah, please. Um, and by me, I mean Forrest Landry. Creativity does not happen somewhere or to someone. Rather, so if you're someone who's like, I'm not creative. Mm. I don't have a creative That's bone me. in my body. Right. Yeah, I, w I would say something exactly like that. Right. I'm a fucking accountant, dude. <laughs> All right, so, but you're creative as fuck. So creativity does not happen somewhere or to someone. Rather, it is inherently everywhere and within everyone. One does not need to tap into something external to oneself to create, to heal, to know something, or to have imagination. In the very process of living, each of these qualities will take its own form. Therefore, have faith in innate creativity and self-expression. Where creativity is needed, it is always inherently available. Hmm. It's like we can just pluck it out of the void. Yeah, uh, it's 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 like whatever our collective imagination is 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 pretty much what we create. Mm. Um, yeah. So I I was. Can I can I? Sorry. Go ahead. There's just a few there's a few tidbits here that are leading up to this idea that I think are super cool. Let's do it. The degree of individual freedom in a society increases dramatically in proportion to the degree of cooperation among individuals. A society or culture is strong to the degree that everyone is allowed to live creatively and live together. Mm. So he's saying that, that your, your individual freedoms actually increase as you increase cooperation between individuals. Um. Which would seem counterintuitive. Like if like oh if we're gonna if we're gonna cooperate, it's because we're all forced to do it, right? So we don't have freedom. Well, if like you some choose sort of to Chinese sort of model. You, to cooperate. you have to choose to cooperate. That's the key component here. Mm -hmm. If you're in some kind of um, system or architecture in which you're forced to cooperate um, in order to either either you know with a carrot or a stick then um, that doesn't really work. And that's where we get the polarity map between sovereignty and society, right? Is that um, the, to the extent to which you have um, a, well, the extreme opposite of um, perfect individual sovereignty, I guess, would be an authoritarian yeah. um, or totalitarian government or society that imposes upon the individual um you know, an infinite number of restrictions. So North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, this is where shit gets just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Where love is an understanding, 
Love is that which enables choice. So if I understand you, like if there's an understanding, where love is an understanding, love is that which enables choice. The quintessential meaning of love refers to the quality of enabling and nurturing choice, joy, connectedness, and freedom. Love is that, love in that it enables all life, significance, and choice does not define or precondition being. So we've got this fundamental aspect of choice and creativity baked in, and love is that which enables choice. So hmm. if we sit here and love each other, <laughs> we're enabling sovereignty and freedom and choice mm -hmm. and, and cooperation, mm -hmm. right? Because we're understanding each other. So that's the idea of the dialogos and the idea of consensus mm -hmm. is that we're aiming towards some sort of, of, of collective uh, desire. And that is the next thing I want to read real quick. Uh, I feel like I'm fucking skimming through scripture right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah red flags all around right um okay um no it's on politics i do like forest landruval yeah um and we're gonna start selling these books at true north yeah for sure yeah okay so politics is what happens when a group of people make decisions based upon what they fear rather than on what they love Mm. consensus is what happens when people in a group make decisions on the basis of what they love what they all commonly desire together mm -hmm. um, the process of communication is best facilitated when each participant freely honestly and fully grants to the other these three rights the right to speak the right to be understood and the right to know that you've been understood mm -hmm. so if we can just come into that simple uh, understanding of of like how we can communicate, which is like, okay, we have freedom to speak. We have a signal. We should be heard, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we should understand each other and know that we understand each other. Mm -hmm. And this is where blockchain comes in uh, because we can now through, say, a proof of support protocol, actually know that we understand each other. Uh, that's a big leap. It is, yeah. And we'll get there. Um, okay. So I'm going to, if unless you want to add anything, I want to read this next bit. No, you go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> so mm. then we went, go ahead. Do I want to add something? So maybe what I want to add is that, that maybe this podcast needs to go out as quickly as possible. And, and if we're going to go into detail about proof of support, we need Nico's um, approval for that. And so I'm sort of conflicted because everything we've got so far and all of the stuff that we've talked about and all of the stuff that we could talk about after this is um, hopefully going to be something that puts out uh, an amazing signal that's going to bring people in to support what we want to do. Um, hopefully, yeah. So I want to get this podcast out quickly. But I am um, also very wary that... Um, this is in part reliant on a another project that um, is genius. And um, the guy who's behind it is an absolute genius. And um, we should respect the fact that he 
um, is releasing that on his own time frame. And so maybe what we could do is point towards everything that, that it enables. Um, and we can't go into any technical details anyway because we're not technical. And um, yeah, just um, not get into too much details about his project for sure. Cool. So I agree. Uh, I don't want to, uh, it's not my place to, you know, talk about his project as it's in, in, in the stage that it's in now. I, I think as soon as he wants that, he'll make it known. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll have him on this podcast mm-hmm. and we will talk about it in great detail. Hopefully. And as soon as possible. Yeah. And to the, we love de- you, Nico. Yeah. And, and to the, the degree that, that, uh, he doesn't not want us to say anything about proof of support. We can call this bell. No, I was going to say to the degree that uh, he doesn't want us to say anything about proof of support. This podcast is for him. <laughs> right. Because I'm sending this to him first. Right. And if he's cool with me airing it, then I'll air it. And if you're listening, then Nico's cool with it. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Um, so I wrote this after going down to Las Vegas. So yesterday we went down to Las Vegas to meet up with Nico mm-hmm. uh, as before he flew out to Germany to hopefully ink a deal with some new partners, which I'm stoked about. Um, we <laughs> smoked a joint outside a taqueria <laughs> and by smoked a joint, I mean, I took two tiny baby hits off of this thing and got absolutely fucking annihilated by this ridiculous cannabis that they're selling nowadays. Like, I don't know why it's so strong. And I, I, we go in, I don't touch my food at all. And we're just in this weird kind of space where I've got like this thing almost vibrating out of me. Like I'm super passionate about this idea and not articulating it very well and he's kind of doing the same but also kind of putting up a wall and and almost sort of like a little intimidated in the sense that like i'm bringing this radical kind of open source idea to his project well mm, so i was an observer to this happening and um nico is is he's a very uh relaxed kind of guy um but I could sense from him somehow that he was like agitated um by your demeanor, right? Which sure. was super excited and to, to share an idea. Um but the thing with Nico is is that he's got his own download, his own idea. Um Which that, is beautiful. Has been he sees as being channeled through him and he is um, a is. servant to an idea and um, he's in service to this idea and all that matters to him, all that matters is making this idea a reality Um, and anything else is just noise. And he actually, uh, he articulated that quite well, but... but (laughs) He's like, mind virus noise! (laughs) (laughs) Mind virus, yeah, that's what he... Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, that's why I said that, um, I mean, that's why I wrote this. Yeah. So okay. after that, after that Takaria incident, uh, conversation exchange, uh, uh, you guys, you guys went, uh, you guys left and then I went to my van and started writing. Uh-huh. So this is what I wrote. Humanity is going through a transformation, a metamorphosis with the rise of global navigation, global industrialization, global commodification, global mediaization, global Imagine it, imagine it, <laughs> imagination. <laughs> I'm like, imagination. <laughs> and now global coordination. 
The death of Moloch, the dragon of our society, the multipolar trap, our collective coordination failure as a species. Homo sapiens is an ancient species, becoming anatomically modern hundreds of thousands of years ago across vast epochs of time. From generation to generation, we emerged into complex societies. To see the endless novelty and the inherent uniqueness of everything in the cosmos is to know that the complexity of our human societies, first as tribes, then as strangers, which we are now, has no upper limit. It is unbounded. With our newfound global connectivity, our ancient social primitive DNA, and our new proof of support protocol, <laughs> humanity can emerge into social integrity. Every human on equal footing, expressing their unique creativity and re radiating their unique gift of sovereignty and choice. What do you support? Where will you allocate your signal? Your inspired and hopefully effective choice. Mm. What art will you create? or support directly with your sovereign choice? So, first of all... Um, We're in the Anthropocene now, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the Anthropocene meaning the age of man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or hum humans. Yeah, Anthropos means man. Mm -hmm. So the well, age yeah, of man. It means humans, right? Sure. Age of yeah, humanity. There's no gender to it is what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not sure whether proof of support is it, but it's um, an incredibly inspiring idea that might, just might be um, the foundations of a coordination system that will enable us to um, defeat Morlock, right? Well, first... Maybe. You know, you gotta you gotta like make a nod to Bitcoin, and the oh, yeah. and the in the Nakamoto white paper, right? Mm -hmm. Like you gotta have you gotta have that as your foundation, you know, before you anything like proof of support can happen. Yeah, well, what's been going on in my head and the heads of like uh, millions of people since um, they first discovered Bitcoin is like it just sort of opens up new possibilities, right? Um, mm -hmm in terms of how we create money and, and match money to value and how we exchange money um, and how we communicate our um, perspectives of value. I would, I would also add how we know what is true, how we know what is real, like how we have collective, yeah, exactly, yeah, how we have collective mm -hmm. understanding. Mm. Uh, yes, and that we can trust. Exactly. So, so, so collective understanding, meaning we're all on the same page, meaning the ledger is what it is. Yeah. And so if you had a ledger that, um, hmm, without doubt and with, um, complete, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. Well, let me explain it a different way. So there is a proof that is visible to everyone of who is not necessarily who as in you don't need to reveal who but that there are people supporting certain ideas and things right mm -hmm. and so 
let's take art, which is what、um, Nico has chosen or has been chosen for Nico, whichever way he would want to present it,、mm-hmm. as、um, the fundamental.、Um, Partly because it's the expression of human creativity, right? The fundamental、um, object in the world on which he wants to use this.、Um, I would just say the do- an algorithm.、Or、I would say it's it? just the domain of human creativity. Yes. So you start there. You start、uh-huh. with the artists who are in the creativity, right? In their creative flow, who are who are in that sovereign choice. And so.、Um, As there's a proof of support on a on a public ledger,、um, what that means effectively is that that proof of support can somehow be used as collateral, which enables the flow of financial energy. Yeah, and so、um, let's talk about proof of support. Well, we're talking about proof of support. You asked if it was an if you call it an algorithm. I think I would prob. I don't. I'm not a technical guy either. I think I would probably call it. Maybe a protocol. A protocol.、Um, because what we're talking about an architecture, some some architecture, some、yeah. digital architecture. It's just it's just a it's just a new foundation. Digital can, framework, right? Yeah, where we can have equal footing. Right. So, let me explain in a nutshell.、Um, you have say a network of humans, <laughs> right? And each one of the people on the network、uh, gets one hundred. Tokens or one hundred percent of their signal. Yeah, let's say that this is a organization or a school or a club or you know a group of people that are striving for something in common or art job, right? And so, like in the in in instantiation that it's actually intended right now,、mm-hmm. which is genius. I love this idea. Is you could have a network of artists、mm-hmm. who are trying to sell their art. Who are trying to get their art out into the world, right? And who are inspired and creating the the their their emerging art, their creativities, you know, expressing right uniquely. And you have basically a, a platform or a interface that is, you know, this is where the algorithm part comes in because it's showing you the art, you know, based on what has been supported,、mm-hmm. right? So, so there is an algorithm that is based on,、um, well. You get to see what's being supported. Like the support directly correlates to the amount of exposure the art gets. Yeah. So just、um, the the idea here is super simple. Everybody gets a hundred tokens.、Mm-hmm. Everybody. These tokens can't be all of the artists. What do you mean by every、everybody? person on the network gets a、okay. hundred tokens, and you don't you don't get、uh, you don't get to move these to someone else. You don't get to trade these tokens. You don't get to sell these tokens. They、They're、have no value. Soul bound tokens. Right. So you can stake the tokens. And what I mean by stake is you can you can you can vote with them, right? Like you can move them into you can send your signal to something, but it still belongs to you. Yeah, it's like you can you can go and hang it on a hook somewhere. It doesn't mean that it's not yours. Sure. So、um, now you're coming across art, and you're like, "Whoa, this is sick art! I like this art. I like this artist. I like what they're doing. I want to support them."、Mm-hmm. So you stake tokens on them.、Mm-hmm. Say twenty-seven tokens. So I gave twenty percent of my energy, twenty percent of my my choice, twenty-seven percent of my、uh, my signal to this one artist. Right? Nico's not going to let us air this. Right? The Spotify's gone. <laughs> yeah, bummer. <laughs> I don't care. I'm here to get to the bottom of the idea. Okay. Okay. So the the point I'm trying to make is that you've got you've got this、uh, this protocol that allows people 
to one have fundamental equality we all have the same number of of, of tokens we all have a hundred percent we have integrity like a hundred wholeness mm-hmm. right so basically each person has the sameness as far as their their signal and you can spread it across all of the domains of what you're supporting is as granularly as you choose. And what I mean by that is each one of those tokens could be fractionalized down into infinity, which means that you could put 0.00178 tokens on this piece of art, right? So basically you can get nuanced and specific, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful and it's simple. It's yeah, like- so if, if, if I took, for instance, now let's assume that everybody's on this network, um, if I if I took you now all of the artists that I listen to on Spotify, all of the things that I watch on YouTube, all of the the, the artists, so to speak, that I have enjoyed and um, that I would like to support in some way, then I could have allocated a bit of all of my collection of of a hundred tokens to each of those. Sure, and so that's the first thing is is we all have the same, and the second thing is is that we have this this choice to where we want to put it, right? Mm-hmm. To support, what do we want to support? And so you basically just have a, a protocol or a platform, an algorithm, whatever, an app where you can see what's coming up in the collective. You can support it or not, right? It's and kind then, of an upgrade to the basic attention token, come to think of it. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. So then so then these, let's say the art, it's getting more exposure, right? It's getting more exposure now because people are supporting it and now it's being seen by more people and the network's growing. And now the art's selling. And so as the art's selling, the... Uh, well, art drop is fucking 3D printing art to people, which is epic, right? So they're doing yeah, that's that's the physical aspect. Yeah, they're the they're doing awesome shit. But the the point I'm making is that now there's capital coming into the system, there's revenue being generated, and so the artists get to determine how much of that they want to send back to their supporters mm-hmm. that got them, you know, seen, so to speak, that supported mm-hmm. them. So there's a support pool, right? And the artist gets to decide how much that is, like what percentage of their revenue after costs, right? What percentage of their revenue gets to go back to their supporters. So it's total sovereignty. They get to choose. And if they chose nothing, I would have, a, I would, I would bet they wouldn't get as many supporters. Yeah. Right? The supporters will say, I'm not, I'm not going to support you anymore. I mean, I could support <laughs> someone else who's got like say 10% on their support pool and they're sending it back. It's not a race to the bottom though. Like, do because artists will give away as much as possible to maintain that they get as much support as possible right mm. so there's sort of some game theory there that there's there is some game theory but also like there's people just who fundamentally connect with art and they want to support artists as well sure right? yes and i think you'll end up with some sort of like maybe you'll have some cases where people are just like gouging and like you know uh not putting like sending anything to their supporters but i think it would just naturally correct with the with the ecosystem, right? Because if I have only a hundred oh. tokens, I might love this. So I might, I might ha- love this artist, and I want to support them. Yeah, but, but what if they? A, but is if it they, not a hack? There's a there's a three three hack. So the prisoner's dilemma, right? So if we all coordinate and all say that we're all going to give our support to this one token that dishes out the most, sorry, to this one artist that dishes out the most support, f- sub- financial. Um, like kickback mm-hmm. to the supporters, mm-hmm. then we would all support that one. Mm. But it's not going to have any revenue unless it's a good fucking artist that sells art. 
Well, and also, you know, it That's doesn't really it doesn't really make sense because you're splitting the pie more ways now too. Yeah, so but the pie is smaller because it has to be good fucking art, right? Sells. And the and the pie is smaller smaller because there's more people, right? Who so, are, so, so that doesn't really break it breaks down. It, it stops being beneficial for too many people to say that, like to do that together, because mm. then they're splitting the support pool many ways. So is it optimized for uniqueness? I think it's just optimized for support, which is so cool, right? So, so what I'm what I'm trying to say with this with this protocol, I think it's optimized to the uniqueness in a way. Okay, what do you mean? Well, what I mean by that is that as we just said, that um, that trap, that race to the bottom, wouldn't work. Um, maybe it's not, but the extreme opposite of that would be um, everybody's unique expression gets an equal weight. But what what actually happens is somewhere in between, where the unique expressions of art that are the best and, and um, effectively sell the most um, are the ones that get the supported the most as well. Mm. So the support leads to the sales and the sales leads to the support until they find some sort of homeostasis where... Well, well hopefully what we, what we find is just like also that there's a shitload of art that would have never been discovered that is now being... In the in the in the collective, it's in the public eye now being used to create patterns on sofas, <laughs> yeah, or hang paintings or whatever. Like, there's so many awesome applications for art drop. So I'm I'm super stoked about what they're doing. But I I personally think that the the the, the revolution here, even though it does start with art, a hundred percent, and mm-hmm. Nico is a hundred percent right to be focused on that. I mm-hmm. think I think he's crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in full support of the project on all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what I'm seeing more on the long term I was horizon, an and by the way, not a book. Right, right. And what I'm what I'm seeing on the uh, long term horizon, I guess, or the next thing is that we just it seems to me, and and I'm wondering what I'm missing, right? And I want to know. That's why, like, this is a perfect conversation to have with you first and then a bunch of other people like mm-hmm. the, the plan is to take this idea out to the world right mm-hmm. and 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 find the other skeptics and find people who want to critique it you know add, add their signal yeah add their signal as well mm-hmm. yeah for sure and understand the technical side of this also and really see like what the risks are and 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 like you know get this schmachtenberger take on it <laughs> and figure out like where where there's like externalities that come from this that we don't know about mm. you know and all that kind of stuff so um but i'm pretty naively optimistic at this moment that with our current connectivity infrastructure and 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 like when i say infrastructure i mean blockchains and so, the so capacity for i know where you're going i'm going to pause you a minute i'm going to i'm going to say that um, what we're thinking is about how we could apply that idea on a micro level mm-hmm. that scales. Yes. Right? And so it has to work on a local, local yes. individual basis. Um, and if that... Not, proof- not local individual, but local collective. Yes, apologies. Um, individual locales, I yes. guess, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Um Starting with one, which is potentially our business here, mm-hmm. um, to use the power of a collective um, to value an organization and to um, 
collectively steer its direction and ensure its well-being and um, sharing its the value that's created. Um, and very quickly, what I mean by that is, well, what happens now is the in big companies, most big companies, the uh, value is shared amongst the shareholders of the organization. The value that's created is reflected in our uh, financial economic systems and that mm, reflection of value let's say money is um, distributed amongst the shareholders who are more often than not external to the ecosystem um, and what I mean by the ecosystem is the ecosystem of the the products or service or business um, i.e. the staff the people who are making it work um, the all of the customers and clients of the organization, all of the the supporters, suppliers, the supporters, anyone who's in that community. And um, I guess what this idea is an example of is how instead of the value of a reflection of value being money, um, leaving that system, they all, they, they, it gets to stay in that system. It sequesters. The yes, and um, which in theory should mean for a healthier ecosystem and a ecosystem that outcompetes the model whereby which that value or reflections of value the capital is extracted. That's beautiful. Which means that there's more capital um, to um, project that mission vision forwards for the sake and for the benefit of everyone in the community. Totally. Uh, channel a Gregory Landois? La- Landois? Gregory Landois. Gre- Gregory Landois and his uh, parable about the rain, which, you know, if rain falls on like a depleted landscape, it runs off and uh, erodes the landscape. But if rain falls on a healthy ecosystem and landscape, it, it's, it's sequestered. Like if you have trees and you have other, you know, biodiversity and life and foliage, it sequesters and holds the water and then more life can come from that. Mm -hmm. So we're in a similar, you're using that as an analogy, which is like, you know, our current system is extractive. It's not healthy. Right. And we can tell, like, it's pretty easy to tell, like you just walk through the world and, and, you know, you get the sense that something is not right. Like something is off. Like when you walk past homeless people and trash on the street and trash on the beach and, uh, you know, just the general state of humans, not super optimistic generally, right? Like there's a lot of, um, strain on people right now and collective stress and anxiety. And, you know, we're globally connected to existential risk on our social media feed, right? Like we're just seeing, you know, the war in Ukraine play out and all of this shit. So we're the meta crisis. Yeah. The meta crisis with Vladimir Putin pulling out of nuclear agreements and things like that. Right. So this is the, this is all kinds of shit going on. Yeah. So that's the moment. Right. And, uh, we're we're in it we're like we're in it right now together Hmm. and we're we're sitting here like okay maybe there's a better way to coordinate as a collective right and we're gonna start real small with one (laughs) you know what i mean one 200 member um health club 
wellness center? Well, we're going to start with one person, which was, uh, well, two people. You can't have a collective with one person. So we start with two people in Sojourner Room on ketamine and cannabis, and I'm just like, boom, got it, got the got the download. Okay, this is a collective. And I turned to Amber and I said, this is a collective, and I see you, and I trust you. And she said the same to me. And the acknowledgement was made immediately. And um, that's the that's the jam. It's like we have to have individual sovereignty and choice, mutual trust and understanding, and then we can give rise to our collective desires or what we love and desire in common. What is our collective imagination? What is the best or the most beautiful world we could imagine? And how can we coordinate together to create that? And I, I think that this proof of support protocol is fundamental to or instrumental in and maybe a potentially a catalyst for that to actually start to happen. Because mm. now we can, we can have collective understanding. We can say with certainty, based on this public ledger that everyone can see, right, that we can verify and validate, this is where your support tokens are staked mm. at, right? Like you are well, staking these support tokens on that candidate. Yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no, there's no like voter box fraud or whatever. It's just like we all can see who's supported in this moment. Yeah, but I think I think ultimately this will have to include like zero knowledge proofs, which allow for you to prove that the support is there, but not necessarily reveal the um, the relationship behind that support, and i.e. expose who the private individual is that's doing the supporting, which is important. Um, mm-hmm. because yeah, so you're you, saying keep keep privacy yes yes and maybe it's not that important when it comes to art but it's super important if this was going to be used for any sort of collection system yeah. that well let's let's put it this way so true north flow um what we can do here potentially with this proof of support system is we can take the some of the profit from this organization and we can put it in a treasury and we can invite our community to present projects to us um, that are beneficial to the collective to the community to our environment like our drop like like our drop what whatever that may be yeah like, be it, it could be a, a project here in in the community yeah. totally yeah uh, but it could be global. Like you can imagine this on the micro level of this. We're one. only imagining on the micro. <laughs> okay, right. gotcha. So I'll stay reel, there. I'll, stay reel, there I'll reel it in. We're in Saint George. Okay, so we have a project to paint art on the temple. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm being I'm being facetious. Yeah. Anyway, so let's let's just stay in the micro level for a, for a moment, right? And so with this proof of support system, let's say that there's twenty projects. And this, to me, this is um, why proof of support is a just one of many examples of how um, we can solve this coordination problem because I think that things like quadratic funding are also options. Um, and shout out to what Gitcoin are doing and Kevin Kevin Owaki, right? mm-hmm. who you should also do a yeah a green podcast green pill course. podcast. Highly recommend. Take the green pill, do it, swallow it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> swallow the pill. 
Um, but this is this is a tool by which we can prove which of these projects is supported and therefore allocate capital towards those projects and make those projects into a reality based on the will of the collective. Well said. Can I restate it back to you and see if I got it? Sure. Okay. Um, with proof of support, we could take any collective, any amount of people, any community, any locale. This this community, this locale. Okay. We could start in True North in St. George, Utah, right? And we could say, um, all right, if you have a membership of any kind, you get a uh, hundred tokens Mm -hmm. and now you're part of the true north tribe Mm -hmm. okay cool so now as part of the true north tribe not only do you get discounts on services and (laughs) products (laughs) uh, that optimize for your you know wellness hopefully and whatever well-being well-being yeah um which honestly worth it just on that level super worth it but you're also um you're also getting now into a different kind of space where you have a voice, where you have a signal, where you're an active sovereign agent in a collective of others. So um, now we can we can have direct democracy and a uh, basically bottom up coordination, bottom up governance of and, and decision making. Yeah, um, but not necessarily for the organization, but for where the um, well, well, where right. the capital from the 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 so whether no 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 the reflections both. of value created by the organization it's it's actually the money it's actually both is then projected into the world. So so I think I I think I know what you're saying. You're saying like okay, so we get this 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 byproduct of the business, this profit, this capital. And we have this treasury, and we're going to coordinate it towards projects and the step collective. Step one: make a profit. <laughs> yeah we're, that's the step we're at so but here hear me out okay so yeah yes you have this treasury yes we have the projects that we're up regulating with our support tokens and we're deciding where to send the funds that's that's awesome also the entire structure of this organization this is a collective it's it's it's, it's effectively egalitarian so basically mm, egalitarian careful um I don't know another word for everybody has the exact same footing. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that that's the best way to run an organization. I didn't say it was. So when it comes to running a business, I don't think egalitarian is the best way to do it. It's absolutely th- not the best way to do it. Right. So I think that like having executive function, having decision-making processes, having... Uh, the ability to delegate and to coordinate people and et cetera. I think that's super useful and helpful. And if you're wondering why, just like go get on a boat and find out like how a boat works and how like sailors and a fucking captain has to, like it takes coordination to sail something, right? I mean, maybe not anymore. Maybe the AI just drives the boat. (laughs) But like the point I'm making is that we need to be able to, in certain circumstances, like issue commands, right? Sometimes that's important. So I'm not saying do away with executive function and hierarchy. What I'm saying is that on the level of the stakeholders, on the level of the the hum- humans in the collective, there is equality. There is an egalitarian society in which every single individual has 100 
tokens, 100%. It could be any number, but it's the same number. We all have the same number. So it's 100%, and we get to allocate our support, our voice, our signal, our choice to whatever we choose. That is fundamentally egalitarian. Do you, do you agree with that? So, um, yes, and um, but I want to double-click double, double click on something. So right now, as a society in most countries, um, we have two types of tokens. Right? We have one token that represents our currency. And um, with that token, we collectively um, imagine and create the world. And those tokens are liquidity through which we are able to um, attract and accumulate capital, which is the uh, energy that, that makes things happen in this world, right? The, can, can you say that again, like I'm five? <laughs> Um, yeah, we have we have money. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we have votes. Um, so we maybe get one. So those are our two types of tokens, money yeah. and votes. Yeah. Thank you. And we with our votes, maybe we get one vote every four years and we put it in a red box or a blue box. <laughs> no, that's your choice. That's your choice. Like, don't, say you're not, don't say you don't have choice. Okay? Don't say you're not sovereign, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess what this is pointing to. And if is, you're mad, if you're mad about, if you're mad about Coke's bottles in the ocean, just don't buy Coke, and then you'll solve the problem. You'll vote well, with your dollar. I mean, there's there's truth in that. I mean, we except is, for the I'm not buying Coke, and there's plenty of fucking Coke bottles in the ocean, so it's not that if much nobody truth. Bought, if nobody bought, Coke, if we collectively, oh yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, there's the truth. Yeah. So if we collectively decided not to buy Coke. Um, because we had... Uh, then it would go out of business. Uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so that system already, is already at play mm -hmm. in, in some It would be regards. bought out by Pepsi. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, as, as long as um, there are people out there who are... Hmm, Willing uh, to defect on society, on the planet. Well, yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't say all people who drink Coca-Cola defectors. That's, that's that's true. I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> I wouldn't say that either. But what I'm saying is that we're in Moloch. We're in the multipolar trap. We're in a coordination failure. So we're in the situation where it, we're all it, I'm incentivized. Each, we're all drinking, each, drinking Coke and zapping each other. Yeah. And we're incentivized to do so. Uh, yeah. Because, because if Coke doesn't continue marketing and continue trying to keep their position then pepsi's right behind them to take the spot right so but but i would say that um the the system of money that we have and there's definitely things i want to double click on that are absolutely wrong with that but um if we use money as what should be is to um, represent our perception of value and really got into tune with what we value in the world and only allocated money to the things that we truly value, um, then the world will automatically be a better place. Right? So you vote with your dollars. You do not vote with your votes because they're worthless and they don't mean <laughs> shit. Right? You vote with your dollars. And so, to you're, the extent so you're saying the, the, the election, you're saying the four-year election cycle is, <laughs> doesn't mean anything? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. It's um, an illusion of, of democracy and it's an illusion of, um, that you have any sovereignty whatsoever. 
Um, but to the extent that you can um, earn money and choose wisely how to spend that money, you have a, a great degree of choice. Um, the, the problem with that is that the way that you choose to allocate your money is to gain more money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's which is which is the strange. Like when you zoom out and look at it, and you just said it so simple. It's like, wait, wait, why is that the game? And why are anyone, why, I mean, I'm not saying why is anyone, because plenty of people are asking this, but um, why aren't we examining the rules of the game and mm. asking why those are the rules and why is this the game we're playing, right? Exactly. Because this is an omni-lose game. Uh, Everyone in the game loses it's, it's, with this game. Ultimately, it's a race to the, to the bottom. Yes. So it's an arms race. So it's basically like... Everything runs downhill. Yeah. And we don't... Uh, we're and we fastly don't, approaching the sea. And we don't want to get there. We don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. um, we don't. We don't want to be in the post, you know, the post nuclear apocalypse age. Like we don't want to. We don't want that world. Mm. And that's just like an obvious oh, world with no fish in the sea. Or yeah, you, and you can go down the list, and we can name all of the existential risks and all of the the, the tragedies playing out with the rainforests and the oceans and the rivers and all of these things. But you know. The most, to me, alive one right now, and that seems the most, like, just prevalent is this uh, existential nuclear risk, right? Which is basically a few people who just have, like, the capacity to just ruin life on Earth for life on Earth, mm. right? Like, mm. for not just humans, but for just life, like, make life worse, I mean, maybe that's temporary in the grand epochs of time, and we just like, oh yeah, another human experience. This one didn't play out, and we just didn't get through the filter. And it's, right? it's pretty obvious to me that a a nation of sovereign souls would never, ever, under any circumstances, collectively choose to annihilate everything. Another nation, yeah, yes, it, and it, themselves, absolutely and, and, and not just another nation themselves. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, a silly when you when you when you silly, articulate silly it, nobody thinks it's a good idea because it's omni-lose. Yeah. It's omni-lose. It's like, you know, you want to fuck the bad guy over or the other guy over or whatever, but you know that it's going to result in you getting fucked over at the same time. Like, if even if somehow, right, like Vladimir Putin, I'm just picking on him right now, <laughs> doesn't die in the, uh, the, the, you know, event of, say, nuclear war, right? Thermonuclear war, which based on like the scenarios or whatever it's highly improbable anyone in the northern hemisphere is kind of fucked right like immediately but then you know if you're in cities and stuff but then what what happens even if he survives that is he lives the rest of his life in like some sort of bunker mm. right and then he dies as like an old man in a bunker um while the world is in ruin and that's his legacy you know what i mean and, and his statues to the world and his fucking stamp on the planet is an asshole yeah, it'd need a lot of uh, Yahweh ceremonies to get through that. <laughs> and I'm not, like, I don't even think it's just him because there's, like, he's just part of this accelerating arms race. You see what I mean? He's just a player in it. It's not like he's the bad guy. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, Vladimir Putin or Hitler or, like, some individual is the scapegoat that we should just, like, crucify and then, you know, our problem will be gone. That's not the case. It's not like a bad actor. It's like we have a bad system. 
Mm-hmm. We have a bad system. And so how do we fix the system? How do we get to not politics where we like make decisions based on what we fear, but consensus where we make decisions based on what we collectively love and, and desire? Yeah, all carrot, no stick. <laughs> yeah, if you desire carrots, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so f- for me, like uh, on the level of, of True North and, and this organization, which right now is sort of like trying to come through adolescence in like an existential crisis of like, whoa, what are we? Holy shit. You know? And it's like, are we a high, will we survive? Yeah. Are we a, are we a hierarchy where like someone's in charge or are we a collective where everyone's the same? And it's like actually both. So, you know, if we're a collective, then, and we choose as a collective that we need uh, a structure beyond a flat egalitarian structure to make decisions as an organization to run a business to have a uh, a shop lead and a squad who runs the shop and you know people doing different tasks and coordinating together and growing and opening other centers and exposing the rest of the world to this mission and this fucking vision and like trying to actually make this thing turn into something actually consequential and make impact right Mm -hmm. so like that's that's a question for, for a collective. And then we say, okay, well, we decide and we allocate our support um, where we want, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Each person. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, given good communication, meaning everyone gets the right to speak, everybody gets the right to be understood, and everybody gets the right to know that they're understood. So in other words, in a small group, like what we have now, we can actually make that work. Like with 10 people, you can say we just sent a, sent a questionnaire out. If we'd have given everybody a hundred tokens to allocate against that questionnaire, what would you think would be the consequences? Better insight of what people want. Yeah, because instead of just you, then you have a, a read on the resonance of each question. I.e., I, I I I agree with this, but I'm I think that this question is more important than this question. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, but I I think it would be difficult also for people to, I mean, it would be be complex because people would be shifting into this new mindset of like, oh, okay, so how do I actually show what I want, right? Yeah, but if somebody really, really fucking wants, um, what was one of the options that we put for for if we were going to expand here in St. George? Um, So one of them was, I mean, say like communal sauna, cold plunge. Another one was like, say... A creative studio for making art, music, podcasts, whatever. Okay, so let's let's say it's the um, it's the sauna and ice baths, right? Right. Um, then they could just allocate all of their hundred tokens to that, and they could say, "Look, the other stuff is just not important to me. What I want to see in the world is that." Right. And that would be signal. It would be and signal, we, and we would see that when we get the results back. Totally. Yeah. Mm. That would be, it would be basically ranked choice voting. You get mm. to say, yeah, I we want... just invented a different questionnaire, by the way, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, but we might have just reinvented... Dem- and by we, I don't mean me and you, but like <laughs> humans, we just kind of like reinvented democracy, like just governance, just basically coordination, just human coordination at the collective level and collective choice making. So if we can figure out, because I think we have to implement this in the real human realm, right? Which is like human beings in an organization 
trying to figure out like how to level it up and make this collective thing a reality, right? We have to go through the struggle of figuring out how to do this between us, right? Like in the real world and also figuring out how to make it scale. So like that's the, that's the fucking rub right there. How do you make it scale? And not be total discord and chaos, right? Because you gotta you gotta be able to get to the place where you get to consensus. Hopefully, that would be the goal. The goal would be total consensus. Can we put this on our float tracks and just give all of our uh, members to download on this idea? If they have a three-hour float, <laughs> <It's> a <long laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> uh, how how far in are we? Uh, when do we start? We're two hours in. No shit. Yeah, we're two hours in. So pr- yeah, probably not. And who wants to listen to my fucking voice in a float tank for two hours, three hours? It's too much. Maybe. Um, However, my sweet dulcet tone. <laughs> dulcet? <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't know what it means. Just a word that describes my voice, obviously. Obviously. So, um, okay. So you wanted to talk about it at the local level, right? Which is mm-hmm. super important. We get our our team to some kind of consensus about what organizational structure we're using and to the degree that we're in agreement that uh i get to make i have the last word on decisions then, so this, then that's is where, the case. this is where i think at the moment maybe we disagree so i think that there's two use cases for this that ultimately we would use um, and we would shoot towards using in the way that we organize ourselves and i think that the first, there's two, and one is what you've just talked about is about our organizational structure. The other one is allocating capital to um, projects within our community. Yeah. And um, I think that's the most impactful one because I think that we're not far off having a pretty optimum, well, who knows, but I, I think that I would be worried that um, a collective wouldn't choose the right organizational structure and that actually we're pretty close to having that pretty good now. And so we should just leave that as it is because the the shop is running fine. And what we should use this tool for is actually doing some good in the world. Hmm. I agree to the last thing you said. Mm-hmm. We should use it for doing some good in the world. So in other words, we should... Do good in the world as a collective. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, and we should organize our um, endeavors and our um, enterprises in the most efficient way possible, regardless of what the collective wants. Um, I agree with that as well. I would also add the caveat that it's not just about maximizing for efficiency, but also for creativity, right? right. Yes, yes, effectiveness. Effectiveness, yes. In um, effectiveness is a better word, yeah. Yeah, because that implies creativity. Yeah. So I like that. Um, so I like those th- those things you said. I kind of want to disagree, or at least say something more about um, the first thing you said around leaving the structure how it is, right? And mm-hmm. and and the structure, just to clarify how it is because this is an open source kind of conversation or you guys get fucking you can see our 
look into our closet and see what's going on, right? Because yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to make we're this We're starting this communicable soon, and we're, we're, like, everything is going to be visible. And in fact, actually, for this to work... Um, our financials have to be visible. Yeah, everything has to be completely yeah. and utterly visible. And it only really works for um, to the extent that your organization is about creating a public good um, because there's no competition. Um well, or insofar as that if there is competition, everybody's aligned towards the same goal, which is maximizing um, public goods and services for the community. Right, which is a win-win. So the competition there is positive. Right, so nobody cares about um, revealing their, their finances and their business model because what they're trying to achieve ultimately is um, you know, maximizing the public good. Right, which is in our case... Hmm, would be something like switching on as many people as possible. That would be the the public good would be human healing. The human spirit would be the public good. And we're trying to um, reignite it. Yes, Um, which starts with um, healing. And that can be as simple as... um, just getting yourself into a prime state like in a float tank um well yeah but also you know and this is something that we're going to introduce is that we want everybody who comes here to um at least be aware of the optimum protocols for living a really healthy um and switched on life right yeah for sure so it you know it as this develops and emerges obviously you weave in the best signal from mm-hmm. wherever it is like you know you take the best of the huberman lab podcast and the flow genome project and the fucking forest landry you know literature and, and philosophy and whatever else works that's that's that seems like signal to achieve eudaimonia yeah which would be a culty way of saying human flourishing <laughs> your fucking word dude. oh no like i'm moaning it dude <laughs> i'm building i'm building eudaimonia machines motherfucker like that's what i'm, that's what I'm into my human, last, my last podcast, the human one, flourishing. The last podcast I did, which was months ago, because I I haven't been recording anything, um, just been working. But I recorded the podcast with David, David mm. Duane in Chicago, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the eudaimonia machine. So, mm. yeah, mm. it is. And we we talked about it in our last yeah, podcast, for which sure. was the one before that, right? I think so. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, well, I was back. I was back on the deck at uh, Casa Grande. Yeah, like, like Casa Grande. Yeah, in so, Medellin. Yeah, so so basically, um, we're okay. So yeah, to that point about the structure of our uh, of our organization currently. So this is this is a good question, and this is kind of the, the the same question that Nico and I were sort of playing with in Las Vegas, which is like, on the one hand, you've got this is a powerful idea. We need to go to collective as fast as possible because, oh my God, like we need to, oh, we need to, the, the more people, the more human creativity and the more collective uh, resource that we can, that we can coordinate together in some sort of like positive way, the better, right? Like that's, that's on this hand over here. And then on the other hand is like, yeah, but are you going to lose the ability to actually function? Are you going to are you going to get lost in the sauce of like noise and people, you know, you got all these people that are coming in with 
I don't want to say like no signal because everyone has signal, but I mean like they're not tuned into how to like what's op the operations of say a business, right? So can I can I just pause a minute? I want to. I've just my head. I was just thinking through an analogy in my head. So I think everybody now in the world, certainly most people, I think listening to this would be aware of what an exponential curve looks like. Um, that's because we all went through COVID and we're all sat there shitting ourselves waiting for the peak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> waiting um, for the peak. Yeah, and I was in Colombia actually and we were the last to peak and we were just on this exponential curve upwards like for months. I'm like, it's as if we were the only ones that weren't going to peak and we were just going to keep going up and up. Even though everyone else had already peaked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolute nonsense, irrationality. But it's still fear. Yeah. It's real. Um, yeah, and so... Where we are as humanity is we're on the, the cusp, right? We're on this inflection point where we, we are just about to take off on this in, incredible exponential wave um, based on the technology that we're creating. And um, it's our responsibility as a collective to make sure that that is oriented into the right direction. And so... Or to avoid dystopia, in other words. No, we don't want to just avoid dystopia. It's not enough. True. Um, and catastrophes. And find a better attractor, like a more beautiful world. But go on. But in, in the best direction possible is, is what I'm getting at. Right. And so... Can I, can I just say also, to make the most effective collective choice. Yes. Choices. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so... It's all about finding that right um, collaboration. Um, no, that's the wrong word. That right mm, configuration. Yes. So, co so, so, so we can get the right coordination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The right coordinates. Yeah. For yeah. Like where we're going. Exactly. True and, north. Yeah. That. Was, thank you. <laughs> and that's what we. That's what we're saying. Is it's not an actual place. It's a concept. It's an orientation. It's a. It's basically just saying like, where are you going in your life? Where are we going together, right? And let's think about that a little bit. You know, let's uh, let's actually consider. And you know, most people, unfortunately, like these days, don't have a lot of time to consider because between like when you get up in the morning and and check your phone, and then you know you start in the days of like scrolling notifications going to work uh you know dealing with this dealing with all that and then you know like using the the stimulants to get you you know alive in the morning and then the depressants to make you forget like imagine the the, the collective imagination and creativity that is being um mm, imagine if nobody used Instagram ever imagine the amount of hours that we would clock up of time and energy and effort that we could put towards something else like TikTok <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and but the consequences that is actually as our attention is being stolen and usurped and used to be able to build um, a world which is the imagination of a few powerful people um, which is scary. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we need to switch on everyone's imagination, switch on curiosity, switch on intuition, you know, switch on creativity, 
and get live players back in the game. And by the game, I mean the infinite game. Like the, the idea that, you know, the old game, the finite game is a game about winning or losing. And so you got to win at the cost of someone else's losing. And it's finite. The infinite game is like, actually, you can play with the rules. The levels of the game are infinite. We can create the reality that we collectively desire. And no economic system should be an impediment to that. And insofar as an economic system is an impediment to that, it's the wrong economic system. Exactly. And um, just like how when, you know, writing on papyrus is no longer the right medium for transcribing information, you know, we update and we go to the next thing. So now we're at like artificial intelligence. You see what I mean? Like we're we're no longer in the the age of like Sumerian cuneiform tablets and like hammering shit into clay, even though that lasts longer. <laughs> like they had, they were onto something. Like it lasts a long time. Like our our shit's not going to last very long. But but my point is is like we've updated our system of writing. We've updated our system of language. We've updated our system of communications. All these things have been updating, and economics, um, because of the game theory, because of Moloch, because of the multipolar trap. It's like allergic to a big update, right? And the update isn't about like going digital because it's not allergic to that. Like economics is already digital, right? And CBDCs will be digital. Like like that's the thing is we're, we're already making blockchain-based. Yeah, yeah, we're already making blockchain-based control currencies, right? Which are basically the same as the old system. It's not... It's, uh, it's a level up for the, those who want to control this <laughs> yeah exactly so it's just them getting better at it so the point though is that the thing that they're allergic to is this idea of complete sovereignty and autonomy of, among all people and the the complete equal footing and the uh, uh the equalizer the equalizer agent the proof of support protocol or a protocol like it that could solve for the problem of human coordination. Yes. So I'm I'm not married to the idea that this is the answer to everything. I think this is a possibility that this yeah. could be it. Well, I'm the first draft guy, dude. I just like get naively optimistic about an idea and I throw it out there as hard as I can, and then I just see what happens. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like we'll see. Like I I'm not I'm not I'm not immune to updating my fucking ideas. You know. So like as better ones come into my consciousness, I update. Yes. So I try to do. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the first draft. This is one of many podcasts where hopefully we will be able to interview the people that we believe can add signal to this idea. 100%, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, it's, a, it's honestly like... I just think about like uh, what my goals were like I don't know if you like say when I was 20, 25, 24 or something, right? Like my goals were like, um, get enough money saved to get the fuck out of this racket. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's as far as I could really see. It was just like, get the fuck out of this racket, get some, get some financial security uh, and buy yourself some freedom, and then... Yeah, you have to buy your freedom, yeah? You have yeah. to work 
so that you can buy your freedom. You have to work that's your called, ass off. That's, that's, to get actually, money that's actually slavery, by so the way. So you can buy your buy your freedom. Like slavery, people oftentimes think of uh, slavery as just like what happened in, say, prominently in like the American South, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with African American slavery, and that's a, the most one of the most horrific examples of slavery. But generally speaking, slavery of like you know further back and like in the prominently in the ancient world and stuff, you could buy your freedom. You know, so slaves just worked their asses off as slaves mm. and then like tried to buy their freedom. So that's kind of like what I was trying to do, but not in a way that like my employers were slavers, even though they were, in my opinion, extracting value from their usury. Usury, they said. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the um the financial energy leaving the ecosystem. Um, to paper piper, right, right. So, the let's say the banking or the mortgage system, right? I was in mortgages, so it's like we use that banks. example. You know, you're, now they're gonna have control over the currency, the central banks. What a nightmare, by the way. Yeah, it's dystopic. So, without, I don't want to go down the mortgage tangent. So, basically, um, all I was trying to say is like, uh, I don't see my employers as slavers. I just see that like I was a slave to this system. I was a slave to like. I need to go make money, and it was it was an obligation, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, the only way I saw out was through, which is like, okay, you got to make a bunch of it, mm-hmm. right? And that makes sense. And actually, that seems to be the best way out for most people. Uh, yeah, but I I would argue that a lot of people actually just um, they associate the amount of money that they make with the amount of value that they've created in the world and the amount of success they've had and it's a status symbol and so people people want to earn as much money as possible because that is a marker of their success in the world and that's not only is a status symbol but it also it allows for the purchase of other status symbols (laughs) yes um but it allows for a, a more comfortable living right yeah, you nailed that. That's perfect. So you want to get to a comfortable living. You want to get to financial freedom so that you can have more choice, more effective choice as well, mm-hmm. right? Money isn't the only component for effective choice, right? Like you need, you need, uh, you could. Do you, you need ha- money for effective choice? No. So what I'm trying to say is effective choices, as far as Landry was would define. Yeah, I don't think you, you need, need money. You don't that. need money for effective choice, but to the degree that you have more money, is the degree that you can. I think have more impact with your choice. Uh, it amplifies your choice. Yes, and that's why people with more money are able to create more of the reality that we yeah. see around us. So it's like psychedelics; it's a non-specific amplifier. Money's just going to amplify the situation, so you can be making terrible choices mm. with a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. very much what's happening currently. And you can be not making choices at all, or. Sorry, choices are being made, but you're not impacting upon the world. So you can, with your choices, you can choose whether it's going to be a choice that's just following the status quo and um, going getting your cookie cutter house and um, getting your Mercedes or whatever. Or you could choose to choose um, to, to allocate that money to changing something mm. first i drive a mercedes fuck you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> i live in a sprinter van uh second yes what if we were actually thinking about 
what choices we're making and and why, right? Because the cho- the choices that we even have to make are kind of fake choices, right? It's like, can I get anything else for you over here for you? Do you want a little Dr. Pepper or a Sprite over here? And you get to choose between the two. It's like, ooh, I get a Dr. Pepper or a Sprite. Or, you know, I get to decide, you know, like um, blue or red, for example. Yeah, or like between um, Moderna or Pfizer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's like, which jab do you want? They're both jabby, but you get to pick one. (laughs) (laughs) You get a good jab no matter what, but you get to pick the name of the jab. Mm. Yeah, so um, that's 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 the thing you know we should uh we should have uh probably have or probably should try to figure out which i think we're doing uh shout out to the green pill um you know i think we are trying to figure out how to actually coordinate better um more effectively and come to something like our collective imagination and desires being manifested in the world Yes. And so when you go from true north, the idea of transformational architecture, the idea of regenerative architecture, like we can have, we can build stuff that. Yeah, be that sw- digital, be that physical. Sure. So Li- liberating structures, both physical structures and invisible structures, right? Like digital, social, physical. Mm hmm. But we can create architecture that switches humans on, that mm-hmm. creates wizards out of muggles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we could, we can, we can figure out how to like level up, and because we already have all of the i the the wisdom, the the resources, the creativity, the capital, the whatever. It's just like we just got to put it together, and the coordination seems to be the problem. Right. Yeah, because there's there's so many smart people in the world, oh, yeah. way smarter than you and I, um, that if they were working on, um, I, I was going to say the right thing. The, well, they what they're working on is probably awesome. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. So what we're what we're trying to do though is create more awesome people, like more people, uh-huh. more people uh-huh. who are switched on, creating the thing that they're inspired to do. Mm-hmm. right like doing the thing that they're inspired to do like just fully engaged with the world both savoring the world mm-hmm. like like loving their life like and not i'm not saying like not having struggle because of course they're struggling that's like part of the game it's fun like you struggle mm-hmm. no what i mean by that is just like look at a rock climber dude to be a rock climber is to struggle. struggle to be a rock climber is to struggle mm-hmm. okay so I'm not saying that rock climbers aren't living a good life and that they're like in some sort of like, uh, rock climbers are pretty free generally. Like a lot of like, lot, dude, they'll like live in their fucking car and just drive to rocks to climb on. Like they don't need a lot to be free, mm-hmm. right? Rock climbers find freedom like pretty organically, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't find the showers very well, <laughs> but they're good at freedom. So, but like, you know, to rock climb is to struggle. It's like you get on the rock the first time, it's a fucking struggle. And the second time, it's still a struggle. And when it stops being a struggle, you get on the thing one grade higher and it's a struggle. So like you're always struggling and that's how you get good at rock climbing. Mm -hmm. So struggle is actually the first phase Mm -hmm. of flow. Mm -hmm. Like to get into struggle and then to find your release, 
you know, from the struggle. And then to eventually get to that like sweet spot, that flow channel where your skill level and the difficulty level, like AKA the struggle that you're having is the perfect sweet spot where it's not too much. It's not too little. It's not boring. It's definitely engaging, but you can do it. You see what I mean? And now you're in perfect flow. And that's what we're shooting for. Mm -hmm. So if you keep... As many people as possible. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So you got to struggle. Yeah. You got to find the thing you want to fucking struggle with and struggle. Yeah, what are you dying for? Yeah, what are you fucking dying for? Mm Because we're all dying. Like, let's be honest. No one's getting out of this one alive. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to die. So like, we might as well enjoy the ride. Uh, spend your time if you're going to struggle. Struggle on the shit that you love, like that you're inspired about, that you love doing. If that's rock climbing, that's that's dope. If it's, uh, you know, finding a new coordination system or figuring out a better way to coordinate as a collective uh, with other humans to make positive change in the world and iterate towards a protopian future, then do that. Or if it's, you know, uh, whatever else. Just do the thing that you feel inclined to do at this moment and you know you should be doing, but you haven't done it and it's hard to do. Go do that thing. Yeah. And we'll leave details about how to join our collective and help us to do what we are um, imagining. Yeah. But what do you mean by join? Like, I don't, I don't know how to leave details for that. What are the details of that? Um, Cause we don't have a, not yet. Yeah. We don't have anything to join. Except for like one shot position, which we're trying to fill this week, (laughs) (laughs) which I think we'll have filled in a couple days. Well, first would just be to collect everyone together in a digital space. Um, Yeah. So some sort of digital social architecture of... Which already exists. Yeah. So Mighty Networks or Discord or something like that. Probably Mighty Networks would be good and start having uh, community calls and um, start putting out... Well, things like much more detail about what it is that we're trying to do. Well, this is what's this is what's the the roadblock for me on this is I feel on the one hand like on the local level of Southern Utah of St. George, right, mm. of making that collective locally based. Yeah. So there's two things going on. Yeah, because on the other level, yeah, I see this as a radically open source idea, like totally totally needs to be open and scalable and because because of this like and I, I mean obviously the proof of support thing is is a side is an aside because i think that should just ultimately be eventually uh just a white paper that's open to the how, world how many of our members um on a scale of one to a hundred how many do you think we can um hope will listen to this entire podcast hmm like if we get our staff to every day, it's like, did you listen to the podcast? Did you listen to the podcast? <laughs> Jesus, <That's, laughs> did you listen to it? Yet? Did you? <laughs> yeah, that's culty for sure. Um, let me think. So, our staff. Sorry, our um, our team, our collective, our collective. Yeah, exactly. Our squad. Our squad. That's a that's a better way to say it. The squad. Um, yeah, it's weird. We got this old language. So, um. I would say if we actually tried to get the download into people, I would probably record something shorter. Mm, that, put it in a float tank. <laughs> <laughs> no, just give people like the download in a short version that's directed directly at the members, right? Yeah. 
And because um, this is just kind of tangential and me, you know, telling stories and doing the thing like this is just us in, in dialogue. So but yeah, I think if we were trying to get the downloaded to people, you know, we could probably realistically get it into more than half of the members, I would say pretty fast. Okay, well, same with shooting for 200 members, hopefully in, in the next few months. That's 100 people. Yeah. And we'll, so I guess we could start doing uh, community calls and uh, over Zoom or something mm -hmm. um, because we want ultimately the membership base to be the collective as well. I mean, that would be a huge majority of the collective. Yeah, like and our I team think, is a minority. I think the membership base would be way more um, enthusiastic and engaged about doing something good in the community than rearranging how we organize ourselves. In fact, I think they would all vote very, very quickly to leave everything as it is um, because we're doing a great job at running um, mm. this organ this organization. This team works amazingly well and we're smashing it. Yeah. And so we wouldn't change a thing and the members would vote that. Maybe. And then I, 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 wouldn't, I, would, I would pause on that. I don't, I'm not saying that they would just topple the structure i think that instead they but they i think also not instead but i think they would also have something to say so each person has some sure signal. but it, yes I, I i know exactly what you're saying what i'm saying though is that what would they, they would be more interested in is making some collective decisions about something new uh maybe i think that they would also be interested in making decisions we'll about some, well yeah yeah but what i mean is like Okay, you have a membership at a place called True North. Uh, they offer some services, some wellness services. They now say, hey, I know you just came here for the services and you got the membership for the services, but now we're saying you actually belong to this collective <laughs> and so you get a voice as part of it, right? So <laughs> can, I, can I just come in and float? Like, yeah. Can, some, people can are, I, some people are just going to be like, I just want a sauna, dude. Yeah. Some people are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. <laughs> and you reckon half of the people will. will... I, I, I would say that they would receive like the, the message. I didn't say that they would agree with it. I was just saying that like, I think a bunch of people would listen. They'd be like, run your own fucking business, dude. I don't give a fuck. Probably some of them. Most uh, of them. Maybe. And I'm not saying that they want to run the business. I'm saying that. Some people, I think, are genuinely interested in this idea of, of of sovereign souls coming together in coordination, to collaboration. create something new. Nobody. Uh, this is. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna double click on this because I. I think I passionately believe in it. So, um, the power of this collective is in doing something, creating something new. Right. This what we have here. True North Float works right it's already working it's going pretty damn well um and what i would like is for us to use this pow new power of the collective energy to actually bring something new into the world that's good for the community here yeah 100 percent agree and i think that starts with the community inside of true north float which means you optimize for what they want in other words, right. in other words, we get to our collective desire. So, what's a better business than when the people running the business have a direct fucking feed on or a direct signal from the people using the business, right? It's the same. It's basically a positive feedback loop. I it's think like, we're going to get into a trap of using all of our bandwidth to figure out what people want here when we're already just providing it for them. 
noted. See, see you on that. Um, I would disagree that we're already providing it for them because of things like metrics, like say our average member visits per month, right? Okay. So how often do you like to float? Uh, so for me, ideally, I would say at least once a week. I'm about the same. I'm usually three to four floats a month, right? So the average is around once a week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been weeks I've had a lot more, right? Uh, and I floated a ton. But on average nowadays, it's about three, four per week. Quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, it would be a good financial decision for Trunoff to pay for me to be able to float whilst I'm not here for the next six months? Yes. <laughs> cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I think, I think floating is like anything else, you know, there's sort of an 80, 20 thing, right? Where you probably start getting diminishing returns after a certain point. Uh, in this, in the sense that like, does it make sense to float every day? Uh, I don't know, maybe for a tiny minority of people or for a period of time, maybe for a week, if you really want to dive into something. That's what I mean. Like a small number of like, like there's, there's times where it's like, oh, you're doing like some deep introspective thing. You're doing like a 30 day float challenge where you're like also doing a bunch of journaling and journaling and like abstinence from like your phone and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're using it as as a catalyst for a deep shift or something in your life. I don't know. I'm, a transformation, a metamorphosis. Yeah, and there's other people who are like... In, we know the package of that. Yeah. Yeah, there's other people who have like chronic pain, and it's pretty pretty insidious where like they're just like always hurting. So... My Uber driver a couple of days ago. Yeah, it's rough. So, you know, to have something like a float tank for reprieve from that is really a blessing. But I would say for most people, um, you know, coming in, they haven't floated. So the first, you know, the first introduction into floating is just like a, it's just like a weird experience, right? You're trying to figure out like how to like, I mean, I think a lot of people come in with a lot of fear um, and, and nerves at least around, around like um, what to expect and what's it going to be like. And is it going to be scary? Is it going to be hard? Is it going to be difficult, right? And a lot of people are like incredibly and pleasantly surprised by like how easy it is and how like it, you just feel so good after. Uh, well, after the first float, I think a lot of people were like, yeah, it was exactly as horrible as I thought it was, and um, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you have to get past the, the filter. Yeah. So which is, like, you have to let go. You have to, like, relax. Yeah, and that takes longer for some, some people than others. I mean, for me, um, I was pretty anxious in the float tank for probably, like, the first five times, maybe. It took you um, five five floats before? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember, like counting a lot but and and also go through spells and because i was back and forth and, and went months between floating and something like sort of gets you takes you a while to get back into being able to um quiet in the mind and um calm yourself down and and um and and mm, the void <laughs> yeah tune tap in or tune into like other aspects of you mm-hmm. which which it's interesting, like... Which you have to face and, like, not get used to um, encountering and not, not being afraid of, right? Yeah, so this is this is an interesting idea. Um, so this idea of, like, fractals or... No, not fractals. It's the wrong word. I mean, it's a similar idea, but, like, infinite scroll, 
mm-hmm. right? So not necessarily that it's fractal and it's symmetrical or whatever, but that there's this, uh, there's this infinite granularity to life. Mm-hmm. So we could scroll in, we could zoom in on, you know, any one thing and blow it up. And it's like this incredibly complex thing. Yeah. So this is, um, I forgot what it's called. It's not infinite scroll, but you, you see these now where you um, say there's a little house on a hill in a piece of art and you can zoom in and you can look through the window and there's a, a watchmaker sat at a desk and you can zoom into the watch and you can go into another universe and it goes on and on and on until you're on a mushroom farm somewhere or <laughs> bullshit, right? Yeah, you're, it's, you're in an uh, interdimensional cable. You're just Yeah, you're in some new place. So basically that idea applies to everything. Like a, you, can, you can look at rock climbing and not think much of it at all, right? And it's just, oh yeah, there's people who climb on rocks and uh, it looks scary and hard or something. And I watched Free Solo once and I got sweaty palms, right? And then, and then there's a different kind of rock climbing, which is like, you know, you're, you're like trying to figure out how to, how to fucking uh, build your middle finger strength, you know, by hanging off of a weird hangboard and you're just like going through this excruciating exercise so that when you're in that moment where you have to have a mono pocket, when you've got one finger inside a tiny little hold and you're fucking relying on that to like keep you there while you make the move to the next hold or while you clip in your gear or something, right? Like in your, in your fully like in this granular experience where the rock is alive and where there's just holds and there's just features and there's just all kinds of words that you didn't know existed before you got into rock climbing that describe the types of rock you're encountering and the choss and the fucking, you know, the, the shit that's on the wall, right? Like basically a, a universe emerges and it's emerging currently and people are just rock climbing is a sport and it's getting more popular and now there's an Olympics, you know, there's the, the Olympics are accepting it as a sport or whatever. So basically you're just seeing one example of complexity emerging as you zoom into the world, as you become a rock climber, right? And a float tank is the same way. A float tank is you, you're used to your life being the way it is, right? You go through life pretty routinely, probably like most people, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably like in some sort of flow or cyclical cyclical thing in your in your uh in your life that involves work and maybe some netflix (laughs) you know and like you know you just you you you're not used to things being super different all the time and in a float tank you're in a totally different environment than that there isn't any routine there isn't any external noise at all you know pulling you in any direction it's just you. So you're now in the you space. You're in the universe, right? The, the, the universe of you. And uh, that becomes more and more complex the more granular you pay attention. And now you can get into being the full architect of your life. Hmm. I feel like I should be dropping a mic, but it's not in my hand right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I think we have a fundamental disconnection because based on our average member visits per month to the float tank, right? And our float tank occupancy, right? Mm-hmm. Which is growing, but it's mm-hmm. not full. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying like, 
we haven't hit that level where we've totally resonated or our community is totally in resonance with our offering and our community is at the at the occupancy size right agree and so by opening this to a collective i'm suggesting and, and, and hoping that we can find that consensus as to what that looks like for the people here where they're in perfect sort of like uh, stokedness or whatever you want to call it everyone's everyone's psyched about the exact offering so i i don't i i think that um having a stake in decision making is different to having a stake in the success of an organization sure and so if our members had a stake in the success of an organization mm-hmm. right um which they do, by the way, because um, by being a member, you get a kickback, and that kickback is your discount on our services. Right. Right. And so you have a stake in the success of this organization. And, and the, things like community calls, if we start doing that, and uh-huh. you know, community events that emerge from that. And the more that um, our community feels like they have a stake in the success of this organization, the more they want to be here and contribute to that and bring other people in. And, and so that's the change that we want to make, is we want to engage our community more, not necessarily in the decision-making of how this organization is run, but engaging our community more in making this place a success, which means... Um, enjoying it it means getting the most out of it and it means telling all of your family and friends that that's something that they could have as well and and also you know to the degree that you want something we don't have available yes or that you, you don't absolutely have signal right. give them signal yeah of course and if you don't like something that we're doing currently whatever yes. like all that stuff we want to know yes Right. It's like yes, yes, yes. you, you want to have that direct feedback. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're getting enough direct feedback. And well, so this, this survey was a start and we can do that a lot and we can have the community calls and we can find as many ways as possible to get as but much. But ultimately, we want proof of support tokens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but first of all, for cool fucking projects in the area that we can all support. No, first of all, for cool fucking projects like True North Float, right? Which is the first of the True North projects. Right. And it's modular and scalable and copy and pasteable. And there could be a True North Float in any city or town if there's a community that are willing to support it. There could be any True North project anywhere any when if people are willing to support it so yes to that but it doesn't need to be about floating it doesn't it could be about hey let's um let's figure out how to get clean water to all humans on the planet who don't have water to drink right on a water planet i'm saying water strange because i'm trying to emphasize how like how uh strange it is that we're on a water planet where people are thirsty Mm. fucking stupid oh, yeah. coordination failure Moloch yes Moloch <laughs> let's kill that motherfucker let's kill that dragon that's what I say yeah and if we can't fucking do it for water then I guess it's going to be a thirsty future mm. and we're in the desert yeah and just putting 
water on a market and allowing <laughs> trying to it's, it's ludicrous it's like this is this is what the the attempt to solve this problem yeah. now is like oh let's just make it available for people to trade like water stock and and sell plastic bottles sell plastic bottles it's the free market is our best effort at group coordination and yeah. and and like there's no better attempt at it. it's just nonsense dude when you when you think of the math and you try to like visualize how much plastic you know Oof. When you visualize it and you, you hear the statistics about it, like going to the moon and back and weird shit, like miles and miles of plastic bottles end to end, just like into, you know, it's, it's like the, the, we're, we're building a landfill. We're building a trash heap. We're building a desert. We're shitting where we sleep. And deserts can be beautiful. So I don't want to shit on deserts, <laughs> but like what I mean by desert is just like a, a wasteland is, is a better way to say it. We're building a wasteland, right? And that's a tragedy and also a coordination failure. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, what's interesting is it's like, the sad thing is, is like so many people, if they really got that download, if they really like con- conceptualized that, like understood that, be devastated. And nobody wants that. Mm. But we're also in it, which means got to go to work. My, like uh, Modest Mouse says, got to go to work, got to go to work, got to have a job. Mm. Mm. And and so people don't have the bandwidth to worry about these things. And people um, deliberately and either consciously or subconsciously put these things out of their mind because they need to function, they need to survive, and they need to work, and they need to provide for their family. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to deal with immediate circumstances, of course. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting people stop doing that. Like in the sense that feed your family, you know, do what you got to do. And also like, let's use our collective creativity to get out of this pickle. Right. Like that's the only, that's the only thing that I think we can do from here. Like it's only, it's, it's that it, or we don't, you know, those are the options, I guess. And there's, there's catastrophes and dystopias awaiting, uh, you know, if, unless we can find this other attractor. How are we ever going to f- get our community to focus on um, <laughs> the success of True North Float after we've just dropped that bombshell on them? <laughs> well, okay. So here's my reason for that. It's a great question, by the way. So why the fuck should we care about a, you know, um, what a float center does in Southern Utah, you know? Like, how's that going to matter? So, um, first, we're not the only ones. So there's lots of other people doing lots of awesome stuff. And so, you know, there's a good signal. Yeah. And wherever you find something you're stoked about, support it. And wherever you find something you want to do, you know, go struggle. Go do it. But um, if we can get the foundation right, if we can get the collective right, if we can implement the protocol and the actual do do the coordination in, in a way where we do have sort of an egalitarian base basis, a, a common footing, and also still land and nail effective coordination on the level of running a hierarchy or an organizational structure, right? Still don't like the word egalitarian, dude. Okay, well, we're gonna work on that. I know, you know, it's triggering. I don't know. I don't know why, but like, I don't know. 
what you mean about it that I don't mean about it? Um, I think you have to really unpack it. I think it's a word that you use and in order for people to understand what you mean by it, um, because it already has a meaning in their mind. In what is the meaning in your mind? Um, so when I think of egalitarianism, I think of everybody having the same um, amount of money. Right. That's, oh, that's, that's, okay. what I see. that's what I think of when... So I don't, that's not what I meant. Right. So I'm talking about the, that everybody has the same amount of humanity got it okay so we're all humans mm -hmm. egalitarian that's what i mean okay okay and maybe there's a better word uh but that's the best one i have for the same amount of humanity right now now there's the like okay so what are you really saying there because of course that's true yeah exactly of course that's true so what i mean by the egalitarian structure or the egalitarian uh system whatever you want to call it is that we find a way to represent that sameness in a way that is irrefutably true like that there's a consensus about what is real in other words it's a public ledger that we agree upon happens like the, the what is what is there is there that there's like some sort of consensus around the ledger and that allows us to prove like prove our support via allocating our signal which is representative of our sameness because we all have a hundred percent we all have a hundred tokens or each of us equally shed our light on reality yes from our own unique perspective yes beautiful beautiful okay <laughs> yeah so i think i think we're seeing each other more clearly for sure for sure yeah so um, and we've been trying to work this out for days. Yeah. You know? So this is like the most clear we've ever been on it. Mm -hmm. um, so um, oh, what was I saying right before that? Uh, oh, yeah. So the reason for implementing this on the level of, say, the, the local now is like the locale. True, the true North Float. Why True North Float? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. Well, why? We'll do it anywhere. But like the reason that True North Float now is because here we are and here I am and this is where I can do it. So, but, no, but, but also there's, there's, there's a much better reason than that. Yeah, yeah. Which is True North Project. So, no, yeah. no, I wasn't even going to go there. I was going to say that if um, this vision that you've articulated, whereby um, every locale, has a community well-being well, wellness so, so i haven't articulated it here so i want to do it. that now you so go let, for it let's do it like together all right well okay. i was about to sorry I, <laughs> I was just saying like we haven't actually given that whole download right so, so if you want to start go for it sorry right. I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you okay so everything that you've said so far about how we can uh create value in our community here by providing the tools and the architecture and the um, modalities for people to be able to uh, level up their life and and the by the way the coaching possibly as well um, yeah, all I the think tools is gonna yeah be a, a really important component and um, um, shout out to flow genome project yes check it out yes um, to the extent that that can exist um, in every locale is going to be a 
beacon of hope in every place where we can collectively choose to um, level up humanity, right? Yes. So if it, and so if you check out the last podcast with David Duane um, and the one before that, we you know you're probably somewhat familiar with this idea that of, of transformational architecture or like something that architecture that orients people towards flourishing or thriving. And I say transformational because we're not most of us currently flourishing or thriving. So it would be trying to help us make some sort of meaningful, positive change, mm-hmm. right? And uh, transformation and level of our lives. The, the big one being coming into the cockpit, the driver's seat of your own life, mm-hmm. becoming a live player. Mm-hmm. That would be the first fundamental big thing. And then all the other good things would be kind of downstream from that. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's also kind of a process, but like you can have big experiences and big moments where you realize something and get a, get an important shift. So anyways, like if we can, if we can, uh, so, so the, the download or the idea, I guess, is just like having these localized communities, collectives built around regenerative architecture, networked together, fractals spread around the globe where every community every every locality that needs humans to be switched on or or wants to enjoy in in wellness modalities and creative expression and and create more art and 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 discover things right and work together and 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 to collaborate uh build community and regenerate the earth and (laughs) fucking protect the watershed and whatever else we want to do right like like any community who wants to cohere together and have coherence right? Which is all of us. Mm-hmm. We all want that. It's our collectively, that's what we desire. That's what we used to be on the level of tribes. We used to have some, some kind of collective coherence that we lost. Coherence like harmony. Like yes. Vibrating at the same frequency. Yes, like uh, belonging. Mm-hmm. Belonging someplace, mm-hmm. right? So if we have these fractal localities that are, I keep saying fractal because, um, I don't know if that's the right word, but like replicable yeah they're like it's like a it's like a microcosm that's manifested everywhere right so it's like uh, you know we could have a locality here in southern utah or a watershed that maybe it's bioregional maybe it's based around watersheds and uh Mm. the actual geographic formations around you and the water cycle and shit like basically you know that makes the most sense. Like that's how humans used to coordinate, like by river valleys, you know, mm-hmm. like we would, we would have this river valley to, to hunt and gather in. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that kind of thing. But I'm just saying if we have humans coordinated and cohering on, on local communities, but connected together as well, mm-hmm. like communities f- connected to the same network. And what I mean by that is that, each one of these, um, you could say businesses, you could say transformational wellness centers, you could say transformational architecture, whatever. Each I mean, one of these localities would be actually contributing energy, economic energy to a collective treasury. Have you seen slime mold grow? Yes. Oh, well, I've seen a time lapse of it. I haven't watched it. So did you see the, the, the there's a YouTube video of slime mold with the, with the city of, is it Hong Kong? It's Tokyo. It's Tokyo. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and they, I, they must, they put f- food, some, um, yeah, they used some sort of like energy source to represent 
the Tokyo subway system. So just spread out the food to map that. To map the hubs of population, right? So where the I, people are. And then mm. the, 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 the mode then um, actually organically maps the most optimum routes for transportation systems in between hubs of people. Right, and it made the system more efficient. But it actually was incredibly close to the actual system that had been built by by humans right but to the extent that it was different it was more efficient right yeah it was beautiful yeah so you know coming to this like and this is what i'm pointing to, what i'm pointing to there is the reflection of nature yes and so the the role of uh, the digital architecture that we build ought to be to reflect the beauty of nature insofar as it is the most effective way of creating beauty in the world yeah well we are nature so that's what yes. we're going to do regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's cool that, uh, you know, we're part of it. <laughs> like it's, it's just like anytime you pay, pay significant enough attention to just what's playing out, you're just kind of in awe of, of all of it, you know, that this is even the moment that we're in now. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty rad and wild. Yeah. It's a mystery. Um, should we wrap it up? Yes. So, one last, let me finish this thread. So if you had a collective treasury where, so think about this for a second, the implications of this, right? Mm-hmm. So just, I'll, I'll try to make this simple if mm-hmm. I can. This mm-hmm. is hard for me. Mm-hmm. So we have individual sovereignty, but local communities connected to bioregional uh, what would you call that? Bioregional hubs, hubs connected in na- what nations? I don't know. Connected in like, but the point is, is it, it scales up. It's I don't think it has to scale up any more than that. I think that's that's it. Okay. Well, if it's the bioregion, then it's the bioregion. But the mm-hmm. bioregions are connected. Yes. So my point mm-hmm. is, is it keeps scaling until you get to the global level. Where uh, we yeah, have- but that, that implies. So I don't think you need to. I th- just, just pause on that a second. Um, Every bioregion has a voice, and that's all as far as you need. That's to all go. you need. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So, so, but the point, the point is, is that uh, the bioregions connect. You have some sort of global connectivity of the voice of all of us that emerges from the individual, the individual level at the bottom, all the way up, right? Mm. And then we, because of proof of support protocol, we, we can effectively allocate capital. Not just capital, choice, yeah. choice. We can allocate signal, choice. Mm-hmm. Our, and we well, can that's make, what capital is. Yes, it is, but it's one kind, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're talking about money. Yeah, but that's, that's what money is. Yeah, I know, I agree, yeah. but you can make choice that's not money choice. Uh, I think... Um, like, these proof of support tokens aren't monetary tokens, but they're absolutely proof of your choice. Right. Even though you can have dollars being proof of your choice as well. Yeah, and they have zero value because they can't be exchanged. Right. They exactly. belong to you all the time. Exactly. But they do have, this is the thing, is that... They're incredibly valuable. They're, they're incredibly valuable. What they are is um, a indicator of value. Proof of value. The, yeah. Proof of more, what you value. The more people support something, obviously that's valuable. If people support it, then it's valuable. <laughs> that's, that's the whole point. And that's what we're doing with money. So the, the two things are the same, but they're different. Right, uh, they're, yeah. they're both a proof of what you value or what, what what is valuable, like what you'll spend money on is valuable. But also, what you support in this way is not monetary. So I I want to um, 
tip my hat to Nico again. And I think it's something that you haven't quite, maybe you have. So imagine now a world where that is the only monetary system. Okay. Right. And any other ideas of how money works just don't exist. Right. So then everyone has the same amount of money. So money isn't a thing. Right. Or is it's proof of support tokens. But it's full egalitarian because now we all have a hundred or a hundred tokens, a hundred percent. Like everyone has the same number. So if money were a thing, it'd be the same number of money. Well, let's say that um, in your locale where you live, be it a city or whatever, um, you want there to be a fucking awesome cafe, the, a conscious cafe that serves amazing food, it's all local, delicious, healthy. Um, then you lend your support to that. And through lending your support to that, that organization then has the capital to be able to deliver its um, proposition, its its idea, its vision, and provide you with services and products. Um, and you can just go in and take them. You just go in and take what you want. Yeah, which, which I really, I think that's an interesting, it's a, it's a cool idea. Um, the, the idea that just like what you support and value you get, right? Yeah, so I, my argument to Nico was, but you also need another currency. So if that's just proving what's supported, then you need something for liquidity. Yeah, I, and that's, I agree. Because, and also, in, if you want a society where everybody has the same number and there isn't... That's, that's the um, egalitarian that I was... Right, which is what I, I actually don't want. Right. Because I think there should be a... There should be no restrictions on how creativity is expressed and choice. You know what I mean? Like, but maybe if you don't support it, you're not part of a club and you can't go in. I don't know. But it, there's there's lots of we can go down so many rabbit holes with this. And this was Nico's point: is that every time he tells someone this idea, they have some amazing other ideas that they reflect back to him. Is like because it opens up the possibilities. Yeah, um, it's right. inspiring and right. it inspires people to think about what's possible in a new world where this uh, protocol exists yeah. and his point and I really respect this in him is like well my personal mission is that this protocol exists and therefore I have absolutely zero bandwidth to think about anything else other than the success and the implementation of this mm. project and and that's my as purpose as it relates to art because if it can be successful as it relates to art then, that's the proof of concept for anything else and it's not just and the proof of concept it's the shift in fucking consciousness because yes, now because we start art. yes because art yeah because art i think we can leave it at that <laughs> like because of fucking art all right dude yeah man it's late let's wrap it up okay well you're you're leaving to um Columbia tomorrow. Yeah. Well, for the next six months, at least until I'm back in St. George. So. Stoked, stoked that you've been here. Yeah, man. It's Much. been epic. Yeah, it's been epic.